That's right. Beat up, but up, boom, We're boom, back boom, with boom, another boom. one. Beat up, boom. DJ Khaled, number one. Mm. Billboard 200. Nope. DJ Khaled, energy drinks. I don't eat pussy. <laughs> we bought a number one spot. You should on really the Billboard should 200. Food for squirrels. We bought the mic. So Boing. now that we have quoted all of those albums and none of them will be on our list, I think that counts for acknowledging that they came out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, cool. I, I think That's all it took. I think we're good. Uh, right. So, Bye, yeah, guys. this has been We Bought a Mic. Goodbye. Right. Thanks for listening. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, freaking kidding. <laughs> you guys already what? gave us that precious download, so it's too late now. You might as well stick around. Hey, man, not everyone downloads. Some people just stream it. These days, you don't have to take up. We precious... don't. Ag- no, we don't acknowledge this. I well, we're we are on LimeWire, right? That's all that I care about. We are on LimeWire. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're working on Napster. Okay. We're trying to get on there. We're on my space. Yeah, just it's a space. It's not the word space. Espacio. Mm-hmm. I always torrent the pod, even though it's free. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're all beard up. We're ready to to talk some music, mm. boys. Music, musical catch up of the 2019 months. Yeah, of the first half of the year. Let's let's rank all the musical notes. All right, number, <laughs> number one, one G. Yeah, I was gonna say G two oh, actually. Okay. Not number two, F. close to D sharp. I was gonna say C minor. That's wow. my number two. But it's coincidentally G and C minor together. Oof. I don't know if that's true. Don't don't check me on that. <laughs> well, um, we're excited to to get into uh into this episode. It's it's been a long time coming. We've been putting off talking a lot of uh these albums until uh until we got to this point. So, let's uh let's get into it, but before we do that, I'm Ernest Calderon. I am Hunter Mobley. I am Daniel Sewane. Wow. Hi, and Daniel. I am Andrew parentheses Drew quotation marks the Drew and parentheses and quotation marks Deetson. Oh my god. So, wait, the Drew is part of the parentheses and wow. also with the qu- okay. Yeah. My name on Letterbox is actually like Drew uh quotations Drew Deetson. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Danny. We're excited to have you for this. Uh, it's been a long 3 days here. You, so. You're you're yeah. quickly becoming Are you holding uh, up okay? You look like they're not feeding you. <laughs> oh, aren't. we are. We're just drinking beer. That's look, it's yeah. filling enough. You look, I've been stealing the tortoise's food. You're well, getting when like you, a distended belly. When you like live a beer, like a beer belly but also a hungry thing. Danny, that's a different Danny. There's Danny the tortoise and there's Danny the person. No, oh, well they mistake. eat they eat the same. Oh, yeah. okay. But I was cool. I was going to say that like calcium tablets. When you're uploaded into the matrix of the pod uh sphere on the internet you don't need to eat Mm -hmm. you just have sweet sweet downloads yeah we have we have uploaded uh it's like the miley episode of black mirror we have a little uh, i don't want to spoil but we have a little robot that is danny now you can spoil i don't care and he's going hey don't shove that freaking thing up my ass that's not what she says that's what she says Uh she curses a lot yeah she once she's the doll she is full-on like chucky mode basically Jeez. anyway kind of hot are we are <laughs> is that gonna make your top five are of the year Miley? so far it'll is make my new... top five something because <laughs> <laughs> she did come out with a new album oh did she and it's called she is coming i think that's what it's called oh there has to be some sexual innuendo in there yeah mm. yo miley is bad now um yeah now yeah just now i think it, i think it's finally just happening 
she put out a country album like a year or two ago. She was like, hey, I don't like Nothing black culture anymore. Like hard. <laughs> you yeah. get the best of both worlds. Uh, she's just mad that Billy Ray Cyrus is being inducted into the black community before she is. <laughs> That's fire, dude. That's the hottest That's, yeah, what, that's what we have you on for. That's so true. Dude, Lil Nas he, X, most yeah. anticipated album. He got, inv- he got invited to the cookout before she did. <laughs> I got my yearlings in the bag. Liam, her fucking, Liam Hemsworth is like, babe, we don't like them. Hey, did you see, there's a video clip. They're on like the red carpet. She starts like twerking or something. He's like, no, babe, fucking stop. Like, we don't do that shit. Liam anyway. Hemsworth, the lamest of all of the Hemsworths at this point. Yeah. Stock is low on Liam. Yeah, the best one is the fake one from The Good Place. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was going to say the um, <laughs> the fucking Westworld Liam yeah. Hemsworth, the oh, knockoff. No. We don't, do we even know that guy's name? Isn't it like Kevin? Dave. I don't know. <laughs> it's got to be Kevin. All right. Let's get into it, boys. Mm-hmm. Best albums of 2019 so far. Listmania 2019.5. Yeah. We're we're gonna get into yeah. our famous Listomania in twenty twenty, yeah. but and, and we do have albums that we are gonna discuss at length throughout this because there are a lot of albums that we have not gotten to talk about yet. Yeah. Um, so the way we'll do it is we'll we'll do our top fives, um, and then anything that we don't talk about we'll save for after. Yeah. And then we'll also touch on some some letdowns, some things that we yeah. anticipated for that didn't deliver, um, and uh, some anticipated things for the rest of the year because. Yeah. When we did Listomania uh, this earlier this year in January, the albums one was the toughest one. That was the most packed of the three, and I think it it serves right to do like a mid year check in with this particular media. Yeah, I think that you're right, and I mean speaking to that point, assembling this list, I realized that I have probably i could have made it top 10 but like a- everywhere from like about four to ten for me is really unclear like there i there's some omissions that i surprise myself with yeah. because of this you I, know what i mean it's been a great year it's yeah. low-key it has been pretty good shit. yeah and it's been improving like the last like month has been pretty oh fire. it's so stacked and, this summer and is yeah like, the coming hmm. couple months are going to be insane yeah uh, very excited i i will say though some of the things you hear on this episode may show up at the end of the year episode because or they might not well something that's in our top list might be out depending yeah, on what could end up i, the rest I of hope year. not because some of these albums are fucking phenomenal oh yeah so yeah we'll, there's there's i my top two are going to be somewhere in my top 10 yeah yeah we'll, that's for sure that's we'll see sure. we'll see uh all right so is it okay if i if i start this off yes well, you may okay all right so right. we're we're doing our our copyrighted trademarked um approach here where we five. will start at number five up to number one and if there's any overlap we're gonna wait until um everyone that has it on their list yes says it and so it makes it into a bit of a game Ooh, it's almost i fun. like games <laughs> that's another thing miley says in the episode. you know what i also like what's that pup <laughs> save it whoa okay yeah, save it. Is that your, are you starting at number five yeah yes. starting at number okay. five my number five James Blake assumed form. Guess what? Save it. Yeah. Save oh, it, dude. All right. Okay. Danny, all right. You're number five. I okay. My number five. I don't know if I'm saying this correctly, but Diaspora by Goldlink. Oh, actually, I've been meaning to check out this album. This I is a very a new release. Yes. I didn't, I didn't yeah. know he put out an album. Came out two weeks ago, maybe. I didn't know it fucking came out. Dude, Damn it. I'm telling you, if you miss Tyler doing bars, there's a song with Tyler on there. 
It's a great album. <laughs> Goldlink is really talented. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but we'll he, get into it. I was really yeah. I was really happy to see him kind of blow up last year. Like he made it like the radio. He made top forty. It was like wow, like an actual good like DC rapper. Yeah. So I, I I did listen to this album. It didn't make my list because it's it just came out. So mm. I I haven't been able to dive into it, but. I like how just energetic it is. Yeah. What do you What do you like about it, man? It's it's just smooth and it flows really well. Um, uh, I I was prepared to be I was prepared to be let down, thinking that there would only be like one or two good songs that I would enjoy, but after listening to it, there's it's it's a consistent listener. You know, you can keep going back to it. Um, I think he's very talented as a rapper. His produ- his production is really good yeah, too. He, he does a lot of producing. Yeah, he's a versatile guy. Yeah, I know. And uh, considering I only liked maybe three or four of his songs before this album, I was blown away. And for it to make my top five after two weeks is kind of big. That's that's cool. Um, yeah, I think one of my top five songs of 2017 was um her True. side story. Oh, yeah. great song! That, wow, great that's a good song. song. Uh, so diaspora, yeah. diaspora, or diaspora. I don't know how to say it. Yeah. Diaspora. Uh, Gold Link. Um, yeah. my number five is one that I don't think you guys have. It is Sharon Van Etten. I that's my number six. Damn. Actually, it just missed. Reminds my me tomorrow. I did mention this album briefly on the pod a it's long, a long time album. ago. It's a good great, album. great rock album. I, this is yeah, and I've I had kind of you know got lost in the rotation, and I went back to it in preparation for this, and I was. Uh, I almost liked it even more. This album holds up. It's a really, really solid, moody, well-written. The lyricism is incredible in this. Um, could, because Sharon Adam or Sharon Van Etten has such a like lived-in life. Like she stepped away from music for a while and got into acting and like had kids and stuff, and then came right back and put out her. I would say her best album yet. Like. I, I am really, really into this album. Yeah, I'm not super familiar with her as an artist, but I know you you recommended this album to us. It came out back in January, I Yeah, a long time ago. Um, but yeah, I actually, I was also listening to it in anticipation of this episode, and this album is great. Like, Comeback Kid and 17 are like two of yes. my favorite oh. songs of the year so far. Really, I will agree with that. Yeah, all around sure. just a, a really, really solid, well done album. All right, four. those are number fives. Number four. My number four is Billie Eilish. Yo, wow. same, same. I'm so, I did not think anybody Twins. else was going to have this on our on their list. Yeah. Um, when We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? Uh, this album really caught me by surprise because I was not on the Billie Eilish train 100%. I'm guilty of that too. I, I had I... no clue about this girl. I knew that, you know, she'd been kind of on the come up on YouTube and all mm. this stuff. Mm. And, and uh just getting all this clout from like younger people like her age um but you know we're we're a uh you know kind of like not not quite a decade older than her but uh, yeah, up she's to that 17. point um, like <laughs> so i honestly whenever a little uh teenager comes up in the popular music space i kind of dismiss it mm-hmm. but then this album came out and i listened to it just just the album art alone grabs you it looks like a fucking nightmare, like something out of like uh, Guillermo. It looks del like Toro a black mirror, <laughs> like a black metal band's yeah, album art. Yeah, just some creepy ass shit. Um, and the production on this thing, when you listen to it with headphones, it just sucks you in. It, it has like this eerie, otherworldly griminess to it that also works on a pop level. Mm. It 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 bangs, it slaps. You can play half of these songs in a club. And it, there's this, like, glitchiness to it that feels really unique and rare. Uh, and her voice and her lyricism 
it, it has a real darkness to it that works very well. Yeah. There's no teeny bop like no. sheen over any of it's this. It's so mature for an artist that's that young. It's like it's just I got on her bandwagon about a month or two before this album came out because my girlfriend Gaia started really listening to her. I mean, she went platinum when she was 14 years old with Ocean Eyes, this like big song that she wrote because she was at the time doing dance and she couldn't find a good song to like dance to. So, so she, she was like, I'm just going to make it. one. That's yeah. awesome. She writes all of her songs with her brother. Really what turned me super onto her was uh, last year she did a song with Khalid called Lovely, hmm. which is a beautiful song this beautiful ballad i mean her and khalid's voices really complement each other in the best kind of way but i have to echo everything that you're saying sometimes i'll like blast this music in my car and i'm worried it's gonna blow out my speakers because the bass just beats yeah. so fucking hard this yeah, is dude, such a bad guy bad, bad guy like, it's it's yes. this kind of dark it's this dark pop that like is so unique but then at the same time there's like some true ballads on here like um my one of my favorite songs by her is uh when the party's over that's just this really heartbreaking song about just this kind of breakup and this uh unreturned feeling of love that just leads this anguish Um, also uh wish you were gay wish you were gay Mm -hmm. that's yeah that's a really it's kind of plays for laughs but it's really Mm. tragic about just loving somebody (laughs) how i wish you were gay yeah it's the same same also we to cover we gotta shout out the michael scott uh scarn michael scarn michael scarn uh my strange addiction this was a song that was like written for me and for our college days when we would literally just have they literally sampled the scarn (laughs) in order to do this it's genius Mm. it's well i mean i we talked about the production but like she writes all this music with her brother phineas who's only like 20 years old himself and it's It's really well made it's amazing like i just can't wait to see what they do next um this this probably would have made my list if i had listened to it more i've only given it probably one total like and it was like over time but the thing that really stuck out is I think the production is breathtaking. Oh, yeah. Like genuinely, it's it's when you know you hear something and you're like, this uh this should this should be there should be more of it kind of you know some things you're like oh no one yeah. could ever imitate that this is imitatable and it should be imitated because even if it's a knockoff version it'd be better than most pop you know what I mean like it, it feels very current this is quality shit yeah yeah and. Of the 14 tracks, I will admit there's a couple that aren't nearly as memorable as the ones we've mentioned, but the ones we've mentioned are like Quality. incredible songs that not only work on a mainstream level, but that you can actually appreciate them as truly artistic uh, production fucking marvels. Like, they're so good. Uh, so that's our number fours. Yep. Danny. Okay. Number four. So I might be breaking the rules here. But Anderson Pac came out with an album this year called Ventura, but it was intended to be a double album with Oxnard. Mm. I think so if, you're doing both? I think if both of those were combined with the best songs from both of those albums. Okay. That's, you know, that's a cheat. <laughs> Wait, you're not dude, I'm, I'm saying, no, 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 because it was intended to be one 20-song album, and it ended up being two 10-song albums. Yeah, so you can't cut out songs, Blame though. Dr. Dre for that. You gotta it, it is Dr. Dre's fault. Yeah. But... <laughs> Even if it weren't, I still love Ventura. I do too. This is on my top yeah. ten. This was close for me. Over time, I've grown to like it even more, I think. I think this is a really I good album. I think that this is a better album than Oxnard. 
Yes. If um, we are well, separating yeah, them as sure. they actually are released. As they should be intended. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I think <clears> it <throat> falls it falls short of Malibu. But I think yeah. as a, as a smooth album, it it nails it. It features from uh, Andre three thousand. Um, I just think it was a, a good. Dog. Yeah, it was a good. It was a good return to form for him. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. I don't. I honestly don't think Oxnard was like a deviation in terms of quality. It wasn't. It wasn't terrible. It was just different from what he's usually yeah. what he did at, in Malibu that everyone was obsessed with. Because that's why he started blowing up because of Malibu, and. Uh, with Ventura, I kind of thought, damn, like Oxnard was good, but I honestly like three or four songs I enjoyed. But Ventura was a great album. It's and bangers. I, it's, I, yeah. It really does have the vibe of Malibu that you were talking about that like it has this jazz funk hip hop fusion that really like defines Malibu. And like I still really like Oxnard a lot, but it felt it really feels like these should be a double album just because he it seems i get what he was trying to do in oxnard where he was trying to prove like no i can rap i have bars and he does have bars on some songs i tell people to check out bubbling because i think that's one of the best albums of last year yeah or songs. Best songs of last year yeah same um but yeah i still i really love this album yeah i'm glad lot. it made your list um uh king james yeah king is james like is one great. of the best songs winter circle is a great song winter circle was an awesome song what's uh, the other single uh make it better Great with a Smokey Robinson, Smokey Robinson. So what would Smokey want? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one of one of the things that I think makes this album better over time is that it's very playable, and that like m- any mood you can kind of put it on. You know what I mean? You know, it's very relaxing, Sad, but it's also happy, grooving. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's also pretty. Yeah, it's groovy. It's biting a little bit, so it's really uh, versatile. So that's uh, Ventura, yeah. Anderson Pac. Danny's number four. So Drew, you're number four. My number four is James Blake. Do we have to wait? Well, well we don't number, have to wait too long. It's your number three because it's my number okay. three. <laughs> anyone, else, anyone else? I have it? I have it on my. I had it at number five. Oh I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, I love. I love this. We album. talked about this album whenever it came. Yeah, out, it, too. it is... came out a long time ago, and it you know so there's some recency bias possibly issues where like maybe if it had just come out, I'd be even higher on it because this is a really good album. One one of my main things with this album is like I've listened to it so much at this point that I kind of have to, like, put the brakes on it a little bit. I don't want to overdo it. Like, whenever one of these songs comes on in my rotation, I kind of skip it just because, like, I've gotten so into it, I'd rather listen to something else. But I don't want that to take away from the quality that James has put together here. Yeah. Because there's so much heart in this album and these songs, so much love and care and passion that I got to recognize that. And when I do let the song play... And I do go back to that feeling I had earlier in the year of just kind of falling in love with this album. I welcome it. Yeah. I, I love it. I absolutely it's, welcome it's it. It's truly great. Like this this one could have been higher on my list. You could really talk me into it because it's I can't fault it for hardly anything. And it's not like lovey dovey from front to back. There's no. some there's some darkness. Yeah, there's in some there. sadness. As you know, with all of his albums, like you said, it's meticulously put together, the beautifully produced. Influences. Yeah, yeah, that's what my my favorite component was. Is he leaned a little more into hip hop without going like full on appropriation. <laughs> um, but I just it really hit a sweet spot for me. It was what I had always kind of wanted James to do, and uh, I felt I felt seen. Yeah, yes. no, I I love this album. I actually think this is vying for my favorite James Blake album. 
I will say it. Like, it's right I'm up with there it. with Evergrown for me. I love this album so much. It's so, because like you said, like, it has the dark, moody James Blake feelings, but it also has that hip-hop element. I will like, say it, it, it's where's probably. Where's the catch? Is yeah. Like, also, Andre 3000 just popping up everywhere on these Makes best it look albums. easy. Yeah. He was in High Life, too. Every, everything goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't make his own <laughs> music. <laughs> Doesn't make his own music, but freaking goes off on features but yeah. yeah just give me like an album full of andre features and mm-hmm. that's all that i need i in my i life. don't think this is james's best album but it's definitely his most listenable yes and his most accessible yes yes, yes. Yeah. totally agree if yeah. i was gonna like get somebody into james blake this would be where i would tell them to start yeah, yeah. start I, here get dumped and then go to the other stuff i think <laughs> i think overgrown has uh more uh just thought put into it in terms of the the instrument but i mean this is production. i would say that this is a solid notch above the color in anything which i like the color in anything it has some great songs in but it. i still think that this is a solid notch above it. as far as like a an cohesive album, album. Yeah. this feels yeah. like an album um so that's my four that's your three so what's hunter's my three? five oh. my three is Morbid Stuff by Pup. Okay, that's that's up there. I need closure! So uh, nobody else has this, right? No, this is in my okay. top ten. I had I so, had this at five. Okay, you had this at five. I had this at three just because I listened to it at first. I really liked it. But then, like, over the past week or so, I just keep getting, like, one or two songs stuck in my head. And I, like, have to, I, like, put on the album. And then I just have to keep listening to it. This is the best pup album, I'd say. Like, and I really, oh, I agree with that. I really love "The Dream Is Over." I think that's a great album. It came out in 2016, but this is just—it's like 36 minutes. It's just in and out, and it just gets everything done. Mm-hmm. It gives me the feelings that some of the best front bottom stuff did back in the day, Ooh. and they lean in really into the absurdist lyrics of the front bottoms on this album. Um, but it has this true like punk feeling that almost feels like the first album by brand new yeah like and it, and also like i like i said when we talked about it at first uh really sneaky complex music which really yeah. elevates it for Dude, me the be- guitar yeah because like you said oh, the lyrics are so uh over the top with the you know the crazy emo-ness yeah. but the music is really complicated the instrumentation a lot of talent is involved with this band uh and that's what made it a lot better for me yeah it's it's a short little album 36 minutes um, but it, it just fucking, it rides, man. It's so forceful. It's, and, there isn't and a single, like, I would say this is up. an album with no skippable songs on it. Because the thing is that they can do more of a true emo side to it with something like uh, See You at Your Funeral. But then they can also go, like, super fucking heavy with something like uh, Bloody Mary, Kate, and Ashley, that's, or full-blown Meltdown. That's, uh, uh, Bloody Mary, Kate, and Ashley is, like, one of the best songs of the it's year. It's so I fucking good. Love that it's one. so good, and it just like it thra- like it just makes you want to fucking mosh in your yeah. living room. Yeah. Like I just I love that that kind of feeling. That just if you're a fan of punk music, like check out this album. This is one of the best punk albums that I've heard in the last and couple the, years. Uh, the sort of chorus vocals that you talked about, Drew, of everyone helping him out sing. There are some times, uh, some moments on the album where that elevates it. That aspect just gives it this whole nother layer of just this epic feeling it has a live to feeling to it yeah. it has a feeling like you're seeing them yeah. live when you're listening to it yeah if i were ranking by albums i would want to see live this would be number one mm-hmm. yeah i would say 
because it would be amazing to see live. Like and they are an amazing band. Yeah, to and see they're live, still they're not say. they're not big enough that it would be like a huge venue. It would be still be a smaller place. So I think it would be an ideal show to go. Side to. note: yeah. I saw them at Shaky Knees a couple years ago, and that was the perfect atmosphere to see them in with a bunch of other like punk boys. At that one were of just, the smaller stages. Yeah, it was at one of the smaller stages at Shaky Knees, and it was it was perfect. Yeah. So that's morbid stuff by Pup. So you're number three, Danny. All right. My number three, <laughs> I had to get some, uh, you big know, pause, big, yeah, pause. big pause. Um, my number three is Everything Not Saved Will Be Lost by Foles. This is, this is part one of that album. They released 10 songs and they're releasing another 10 in October, if I'm not mistaken. This album was awesome. They released a lot. So a lot of bands, what they're doing is that they release like the really songs that everyone think that they think everyone's going to like and... So they released three of them before. I I only listened to one before it came out. So when I listen to it as a whole, it's awesome. I think it's definitely worth a listen. Have you guys listened to it at all? No. I, I did give it one listen, uh, and I really enjoyed it. It, it had, um, I don't know, this kind of dancey, like, fest yes. vibe to it. Like I really like uh, What Went Down, their album from, when was it, 2015? Yeah. So, yeah, they well, made an album in it's four almost years. Like, it's almost like something like like Chromeo or Cut Copy, okay. but without as much of an electronic feel. Exactly. More rock. Um, I think, as a band, they're so talented because there's so many layers in their music, and there's so much to notice with each new listen, okay? You don't realize how much goes into it until you give each song a couple listens and as a whole i love the freaking album uh this was apparently the softer half of mm. of the entire album and it kind of blew me away i'm and not i'm not too familiar with folds how where do they kind of land on the on the rock uh spectrum i would say kind of like an indie rock kind of uh, kind of vibe but i think the one way to get really into this band is to see them live because they fucking rock it live. I mean, that's what I'm saying with my my first impression of this album. It was like, damn, this just sounds like something people would dance to. Yeah, especially fest. especially in degrees. That song is really good. They have a song called Cafe de Athens, which literally sounds like uh, what's the lead singer of LCD Sound System? Oh, James, James Murphy. James Murphy. It literally sounds like he produced that. Dope. And uh, it's a really good album. Definitely worth listening to it. Uh, I highly recommend it. I love this album so much. Everything Not Be Saved Will Be Lost, part, part one, one, by Foles. Yep. So that's your number three. That's my number three. Drew, your number three. My number three is Injury Reserve. Okay. I, this made my top ten. Agreed. Yeah. Self-titled album. Uh, I I really... This album snuck up on me because I had actually listened to Injury Reserve in the past um, and I did enjoy them a lot, but I think this was a step up on all fronts uh, from their past work while still being very similar to it. Um, I think... I don't know this if I... The, this is their debut, right? No. No, they have oh, another the, album. Oh, okay. um, yeah, Floss? Yeah. Um, and it's... this. So this is a trio of rappers from um, Arizona. Um, I think one of them might just be mostly the producer. Um, so, and it has a very like uniform style of production where it, you can tell it's not like a focus groupy thing. Um, very experimental production, very noisy, but also not on the level of something like Death Grips, which 
For me personally, sometimes I wish Death Grips would calm down a little bit. <laughs> but then they're no longer Death Grips. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but it's so this enters a sweet spot for me of being very experimental and interesting and funny at times, like very self-aware. Yeah, rap song tutorial. Um, yeah, is <laughs> it, that's a really fun song. Um, it's almost it, it's in the same vein as JPEG Mafia, if you like him, which I am a big fan of him as well. Uh, also anything that Kenny Beats produces, which he is popping off, by the way, he's, he's going to be one of the biggest producers in hip hop soon. Um, uh, I'm going to talk about another, another artist that he gives me vibes to, which is funny because he's actually featured on the album is, uh, Freddie Gibbs. Yeah. Definitely some oh, yeah. Freddie Gibbs vibes. Yeah. Well, well whenever, yeah. Whenever Freddie and, gets produced by someone good. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. So that's um, the caveat, which we're also going to talk about his upcoming release soon, but this album, I think, lyrically extremely tight. I love their delivery. I love the way th- the way they play off each other is as good as any rap group, in my opinion, in terms of y- it's it's buttery smooth transitioning this from verse to verse. This is kind of like this album is what I wanted from the last Brockhampton album last year. Yeah, was a feeling of like like you said, this kind of smoothness to their voices intertwined. Yeah, it's together. just it almost it reminds me of a tribe called Quest, where like yeah. whenever it switches, yeah. you're like, oh, I, well, I do miss the last guy, but this guy's killing it too. You know, like yeah, no one's ever dropping the ball lyrically or performance wise. Really, really great. Um, have you guys heard Jailbreak the Tesla? Dude, Jailbreak the Tesla. I, oh, yeah. oh, that like beat I said, is so insane. Is I love my, it. And also Amine on that song is a yeah, really good verse. That might be the, the, um, the best song. Yeah, the, the production album. on Jailbreak that song is nice. Well, no, that, my, so my favorite song on the album is definitely Three Man Weave. Yes. The last oh, song on the album. Yeah. It is it's, a retro, it feels, like it's a throwback song. It literally, it feels like something off of Kanye's late registration. Like yeah. it gives me vibes to... um um uh edit this part out ah. um what, work work <clears throat> it out no uh Heard oh we say. made we made you mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah you're yes. gonna edit out that pause that the beat is That's, very it, very similar. much the, like orchestral mm-hmm. but synthetic it's it's an amazing like throwback song it's an amazing way to end the album when yeah. you've been dealing with such heavy uh, industrial sounds beforehand that that whole aspect really caught me off guard and I need to like go back and listen to the album, knowing what it's actually uh, trying to go for. Yeah, because I did not expect it to be so fucking digital insanity. Well, yeah. I mean, literally, it's, it's, it's like a little overwhelming at times, yeah. and there are there are moments where like I could, I I I could tell I could it landed on me like okay, this is something truly unique and original. But other times I didn't process it as a positive yeah no that it as takes, a positive thing it was it was more yeah. like it was more like oh this is too weird it, well, it, it can it take is, a second it's very unique i mean just think i think about the transition from gravy and biscuits which is a pretty straightforward like rap song which is a great song i love gravy and biscuits that into rap song tutorial which is just like two and a half minutes of the most bizarre thing that I've ever heard that is a good song that's written in there, but it's just almost made as like a gag. Yeah. <laughs> that's it just it's, so it's almost weird. like you want them to make that a whole song. Yeah, I want to hear that full song, but yeah. you just don't actually ever um, get it. I, I know what you mean though, Ernest. Like it took me a few listens to come to the level that I'm at now where I absolutely love it. And like I said, like I you know, I like plenty of death grips, but uh I think for me personally, there's really something to not just being hit with a nonstop wall of sound, having noise balanced out by silence. Mm-hmm. Um, and that comes pretty consistently in the album. The insanity is pr- organized. And that's that's what I really look for in JPEG Mafia, in Kenny Beats' shit. 
Uh, see, I can't even listen to JPEG Mafia. It's like too much for me. <laughs> oh, it's like well, how do you, wait, listen you had, to Death, you had Grips? Death Grips in your top ten of last no, year? No, <laughs> because Death Grips just goes overboard with yeah. it, and okay. you know what you're getting. Like it's just like a whole nother thing. It's it's this it's this fucking. I honestly, I sometimes I hes- I hesitate to even call Death Grips like rap because it's. I mean, he's really not. It's a also, whole other also the reason why I love Year of the Snitch so much is because it incorporates a lot of like rock into mm-hmm. it, like a lot of guitars and actual drums. It's not just like digital the whole time. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so I did want to say one thing. One of my favorite, like, kind of a slower note on the album is um, "What a Year It's Been." Which is one of my favorite songs really, in the whole album. Really heartfelt. More and more lyrics. that I look at this, this should be rising up higher on my list because this really. I'm, I'm telling you because you focus so much on the production at first, but if you listen to the lyrics of mm-hmm. songs like that, it's top tier. Yeah. Like it's really, really well written lyrics. Um, I'm a big fan of the album. Yeah. Yeah. It. It's just. Man, for me, rap song tutorial. I just really wanted to listen to that whole song. <laughs> I don't know if you guys listen to Tierra Whack. Yes, oh, yeah. I love yeah. Tierra Whack. It's that album. Uh, what's it called? Whack World. Yeah. Every song is one minute. That's literally what it felt like. How everything was just like a little ball tickle. And it, it was just like you, you were just about to get into it. it. Yeah. I, I live for edging. Yeah. That's and, the difference and they between just you and end me. It. It's like when the song you're finally vibing, yeah. it's just like, eh, it's over. It's hardly a song yeah. at that point. Uh so that's injury reserve. That's Drew's number three. So now oh oh now we're we're, we're in the, the top, top tier. We're the, the top two guys. Top two is, and that's another I, tier. For I me. hate to disappoint everyone, but I'm us three, us main three. I think have the same. Yeah, top we have two. the same top two. <laughs> uh, um, I think I have one different one. Yeah, well, mine is different. DJ Khaled, father of Saad. <laughs> yeah, same, same, oh wait, same. no, I read that wrong. Father of the bride. Oh wait, you had that I number that two. Coming. Yes, save Vampire it. Weekend. Save it. Yes, yeah, save of it. The bride. Okay, so. My number two, which we're going to do a lot of saving now, it looks like at this point in the pod. Is Igor. Igor. Save it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's number yours? two, Danny. My number two is Violet Street by Local Natives. There we go. Whoa. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Shit. I, like, I knew that this album came out, and then I just never listened to it. It's, oh. more, it's more good Local Natives. Holy shit, man. Uh, I think this album is just so raw. It's 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 just, as a sound, it's just so... It's it's so nice to listen to. So there, I forgot what their newest tour is called. It's something like um, chorus, like some. It's something about a chorus, essentially a choir or something. And uh, that's exactly what it sounds like. There's there's so many songs on it that are slow and heartfelt, mm. and then some of them are just fucking slappers. You when know? did this come out? Uh, I want to say April. God, yeah. I never listened to it. I should, yeah, God, yeah. end of April. I really like this album. I've been a local natives fan Same. for. Since their since their debut, Gorilla they, Man, they've been around, uh, which was oh nine. Yeah. Uh, they have never reached the level that I think they reached with Gorilla Manor, in yeah. my opinion. But they've never like really dropped the ball either. They've they always haven't. just been very consistent. They've never been. It's kind of like yeah. it's kind of like my rule with Publix. All their food is like a solid eight <laughs> out of ten. You know, and it's like local natives. They always produce like good, but not the best Publix. album. So you mean every individual grocery item at Publix is a solid set? Pub, pub sub, wings. Uh, yeah, like the deli. Shit. Yeah, think about it, man. Every everything they make. It's not going to be a ten out of ten, but yeah. it will. Toilet get, paper, it solid seven. You. It'll definitely tickle your fancy, man. Yeah. I never got into their third album too much. Sunlit uh, villain, Youth. What, yeah, Sunlit Youth. That was a. I like that album. It was a little more electronically than I wanted it to be. This this one's better. So yeah, what, yeah, what one elevates def- this for you? Yeah, for me, it's just the whole sound of it. It's just 
as a whole, it just sounds like a whole a whole band of instruments just coming together and making a beautiful sound. And their voices, too. Yeah, the dude. harmonies. They're geniuses you, at that yeah, shit. And, and I keep bringing it up, but it's like, if you, have you seen this band live? It's just, you can tell there's talent behind this this band. Uh, this album just really blew me away. Because for me, usually when it comes to music, I'm really about the hype stuff. You know, stuff that's got good drums, good guitar. But um, there's some songs that don't involve a whole lot of drum, but... When you listen to it, it's like, holy shit, that's going to make me shed a tear. Wow. Uh, it's beautiful stuff. I'm telling you, definitely worth a listen. I think it kind of flew under the radar. They I just, always do. Yeah. They never reach a higher level of acclaim. Man. I don't think they ever do. I, I mean, I'm looking at their uh, Hummingbird 2013. That was their most, like, their most well-performing album. It, it hit the, I love that album so much. That's that, a great album. It's that might got, be uh, my favorite. You and I, Breakers, Black Ceilings. Balloons. I love Breakers. Yeah, uh, yeah, lot of lot of great songs on that one. Like I said, they've just always been very consistent with yeah. the writing. I guess they just—they never lyrics. had like the MGMT hit, like the mm-hmm. top four. Never poppy. Yeah, yeah. they, they stayed is, in their man. lane. They're in their lane and they're sticking with it. I yeah. just—I always think of the guy's voice. What is the singer's name? He ha- I don't know. He has. He's got a fat uh, I mustache. Think it, I think though. it's Taylor. I Taylor Rice. You can hear yeah. the mustache. Yeah, he has such a beautiful voice, and it's it's very unique. When you hear it, you know it's him. Yeah. You know it's local. Great natives. stage presence as a band. You, but there's some good songs that you can listen to over and over because they're hype enough. But the slower songs hit just as hard, just because right in the feels. It's... There's some moments on this album too that they, the the way the track listing is the flow of it just going from one song to another it's very seamless there's one moment i don't remember exactly where on the track list but like it's this moment where it sort of slows down to the tempo of the next song yeah it's perfectly seamless it, yeah it see it basically flows as a whole song essentially yeah um they released a video for tap dancer uh which is another really good that's song that's the last song on yeah the that's album. the last song yeah. on the album I think that's a freaking beautiful song. It's just you listen to it and it's just like you have to appreciate it for its musical value. Oh, mm. uh, yeah. I'm I'm definitely going to dive into this because def- I've been. Yeah, I need I've to. Been, like, I, like, I, fr- I knew that this album got released. and I was like, oh, fuck, yeah. New- local natives. And then I kind of just forgot to. Yeah, there's been a lot. Been- All we do is consume bullshit for you, idiot. Audience. Yeah. <laughs> like we can't get to everything. Hey, man, we're going to review Shaft. Yeah, okay. Shaft. didn't have time to listen to local names. I was watching Shaft <laughs> and Dumbo. Um, so my number two, as I already said, is Igor. So now we're at your number one, which Igor. is but save it because I'm talking Mac DeMarco. Yeah, <laughs> nope, just kidding. No, no. Igor is my number one, so I'll jump into. Yeah, Igor. Okay, yeah. so Igor is number. I feel like me and like the three of us have the same top Dude. two, which is Igor yeah. and Father of the Bride. So let's talk. In let's get into order. Igor. We've already we did a whole episode on on Vampire Weekend's yeah. album yeah. where we went track by track. We haven't talked about Igor until right now so oh. it's been building 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 you invited the moment. right person because yeah. tyler is one of my favorite artists for the last decade so i, I want to hear your thoughts on on flower boy because okay. that's like the one album that rivals the level of igor i think flower boy is better than igor i agree i do too i agree. i think it's better but what makes me appreciate igor so much is that it's such a break from the norm and when he kept advertising it, he kept talking about you need to listen to the album as a whole. Just, in order. Yeah. L- you know, lock yourself in a room. No distractions. And I was like, fuck you, Tyler. You don't <laughs> you don't you don't tell me how to listen to an album. 
like I'm a huge fan of his. Like I even own his fucking shoes. You know, I've seen him like four or five. <laughs> yeah, he times. has uh, Adidas, right? The I think it's Converse. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah he yeah, has yeah. Converse, and uh, I listened to it when I'm first listening to it. I was like, you know, it's got good production. Uh, you don't really pay attention to all the layers until you keep jumping back into it, and it's just really easy to appreciate. I think it's everyone was expecting a hip hop or an R and B album, and this is neither. It of those. doesn't fit into anything you because can't... It, the album takes you on this journey where every song presents a different layer into the core of this uh, this world and this persona that he's presenting you. So... And and Flower Boy kind of does that, but Flower Boy is like so much more broad and expansive. It's not as like focus and well, refined. and it's also not so much a character as it is just him. Yeah, yeah, know? but the thing, this I is will, a I, more personal album though. I would yeah, say, exactly. Yeah, that, because I, but I, the way that he makes it more personable is because or personal, sorry, is that he has all these features from amazing artists. He got LaRoe on this album, Pharrell, yeah, Pharrell's Kanye. on this album, and you couldn't even tell because he pitches them up and down. He uses them as instruments rather than voices. Where it's like. Oh yeah, puppets a song with Kanye on it. No, he he pitches him up, so you can't really. Yeah, you don't even know that's Kanye, exactly. really. Well, you can tell because the whole Kanye yeah. thing, but it's like you can't tell that uh, Playboy Cardi's on the first song or whatever. Right. It's just stuff like that. And I, it's... Uh, so I will say, um, I think I came up with the perfect comparison for this album. Flower Boy and Igor are his Channel Orange and Blonde. Yes, I think that that is. I've been really trying which to think about which? what it is. No, I think that Channel Flower, Orange, that is, Flower Channel Orange is Flower Boy. Same color covers. And that... <laughs> That's simple and math, blonde, Yeah, exactly. You got <laughs> it. It's just you like got stupid. It. <laughs> yeah. I, the I, orange is orange. I kind of I disagree a little bit because I, I think that Channel Orange and Blonde are further away than Flower Boy and Igor. Igor and, and Flower Boy are, are a little bit closer together because Flower Boy, or sorry, Igor seems like the logical next step after flower See, i don't boy even know if it Blonde necessarily doesn't... i don't know if it necessarily does i think that they are in the same way that you would kind of expect frank ocean to like maybe he maybe he'll put out like another hip-hop album or something like that like flower boy is still very hip-hop yeah. channel orange very sounded, very hip-hop yeah, channel orange and, sounded like a big like radio hit that's literally what the entire album sounded like flower boy had some fucking bangers on it which i will i have to shout so out does Igor. i have to shout out the dissect podcast because they yeah, have been sounds, doing yeah. they've been doing a uh, a breakdown of flower boy by Tyler the creator which i almost forgot about how much i love that album and then really that i was mean big time. what uh what he does um i'm blanking on his name um, cole kushner cole kushner what he does about breaking down not only the lyricism but also the instrumentation yeah all, just... all with the stuff he knows he does this. Yeah. <laughs> incredible it's unbelievable and they did he did an episode featuring anthony fantano where they talked about igor um and i kind of i really love a lot of the things that they were comparing this to because I love Flower Boy. I would put that above this, but I almost think that Igor might be a more consistent album I, than Flower Boy. I love that I he took. I love that he took this leap on this. By the way, yeah. Think about as a as a producer, you make this album. You kn- it. You don't think it's going to perform well live. Can think about it. The songs all on it. It's just. It's all pitch different. He's not a singer, you know, and he pitches himself up and down to make the album and all the all the features on it, and it's just. How do you sell that? How do you sell something that you a you can't perform well live? B, 
it it doesn't sound like a rap album, which is what everyone's used to you doing. But I think I what what works here is that he is like for the first time really bearing his soul. Yeah, and he never done that. I mean, he kind of did it a tiny tiny bit on Wolf, and then Flower Boy is all about the 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 wanting of doing that. It's about him wanting to take that step and hesitating to and and the dilemma in his brain to really be vulnerable and personal with the listener of of his music uh and igor is like all right we've already gone through that we already went through the phase of of tyler um having this this inner dilemma of how much he's willing to open up igor's like i'm gonna fucking open up and i'm gonna bear it all for the first time I'm really going to be as brutally honest as I can possibly be. Well, I mean, think about how the story of Flower Boy itself, it really, like, I think about the middle of Flower Boy, we have Garden Shed, which is I probably one of my favorite songs of just the decade. Like, it's such a beautiful and tragic song. It's like five and a half minutes long. It's mostly not, there isn't even a lot of uh, lyrics on the song itself, but at the end of it, he's really pouring his soul out there about like saying like what his type is and like just the being whole afraid album. to like afraid to tell his friends because they wouldn't like fuck with him anymore and all this kind of stuff and then kind of he keeps going back to like you said about this dilemma that really is on full display in flower boy where we have something like see you again which is this beautiful song about the man of his dreams just only being a person in his dreams. But Hold then on. right after that, he goes into who that boy, which is him like getting back to like his hood persona that he ha- feels like he has to put. Are on. we, are we 100% sure Tyler is gay? I think he's bi. No. Yeah, he's bi. He's bi. But the, the but thing is, he's never. Still, bisexuality is such a shunned thing in the hip hop community and community as a whole, but especially in the hip hop world. He's never the, he's never the type of guy to like flaunt that, anywhere and and also you got to take into account the the what kind of defined his come up in odd future is like these very homophobic jokes using uh words like faggot and all yeah, this shit which it's is like crazy really terrible and and now that he is trying to come out in his own way he has all this baggage with him not just on him but the entire world of hip-hop and the black community along with it but the thing that I keep coming back to is like Igor feels like one of the greatest, most singular artistic expressions I've ever seen. Wow. It's amazing. It's I mean, like not it just really in the music. Story. It's not not just Dude. the music, but like everything about Tyler leading up to this point and how he's conducted himself post album release with the music videos and the live shows and all of that. You can just tell that this is a man who is like truly he bloomed in flower boy and now he's like he's fruiting yeah. and blossoming and like I do kind of I do kind of homophobic. want to do a <laughs> he's but, well, it's flower boy. I mean it's <laughs> I know it's just funny. He, yeah, I he's mean, fruiting he created now. that 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 um metaphor in the album because of that. That's I do the kind whole of want of to that. do like a quick little track by track, uh, if you guys don't mind. I mean, kind of starting with Igor's theme, which sets up this whole yeah. story. Of so like- here's here's the funny thing to me about this album and its reception is it was being hyped up by Tyler. Not hyped up, but he was almost warning us a lot about it. Yes. About it being inaccessible. 
And I found it extremely accessible of an album. The only thing that you could say is inaccessible is that it's lower fi than Flower Boy. I think it's accessible to people like us. I think at, to the masses, I think it's a lot yeah. harder. But then, I mean, all of his albums, you could really say that. Like, Flower Boy had some mainstream appeal, but it's not like it was on the radio. Um, so this album kind of blew me away because it so consistently has poppiness involved with production that you wouldn't associate with pop. And I think that's a really good juxtaposition because in this album, he has established himself as a really, really great melody writer. He really did it with Flower Boy. But he, he said before, he just mainly wants to write pop music from now on. There's a lot of pop in here while also being quote unquote less accessible. But you don't think of pop when you hear this album. It, it is poppy because of how catchy it is and of how playable and, and, and accessible it can be. Um, but I think that's more of just the fact that it's, again, it's it's a man, like, really giving his all in terms of his artistic expression. It's not about trying to be poppy or anything like that. We're connecting with it because we're connecting with a truly genuine artistic vision. Well, and I will say, I mean, about how, like, one of the main things I heard coming right out of this is just, like, I really like the vibes of this album, but there aren't really any bangers on it. And to be fair, mm. I kind of, like, upon the first listen, I was like, Earthquake is really catchy. That's going to be top 40. But I don't know if a lot of the, of the other songs are going to be, like, as catchy. And then, like, second, third listen, I'm like, oh, wow, no, this whole album is bangers. It's very, like, yeah. It's literally, yeah, there are a lot of very There's, like, listenable. six or seven songs I feel like I could play anywhere. <laughs> yeah, a lot, of, like, a lot of synth it. riffs that you could get in your head all day and not get sick of them. You know, like, it really has stickiness to it, well, um, track by track. Yeah, one so thing. So, do you guys want to go in track by track on this thing, or? Well, we got yeah, we got earthquake. Then I think which I think, is oh my gosh, super so dancey. so dancey. I mean, such a one thing he talked about his uh, governor's ball show is that he was very surprised how the hardest anyone went to his new album was during I think yeah, and he was basically like the crowd went fucking wild. It's a great hook. It's yeah. so catchy, so simple, and. It, it really it it takes you through this story, right? Because this whole album is just it's a it's a messy relationship. It's a breakup. Yes. It's it's a toxic sort of thing between him and and this uh, this man who can't accept him as a true. Some love of some interest. blonde vibes. Yeah, yeah, or or, or Channel Orange we get too, it, Hunter. Yeah. Good I, analogy. I, I, uh, I, I mean, uh, Channel Orange has that whole bad religion song about mm-hmm. unrequited love. That's really what this whole album is. Uh, then you got, you know, all these Gerard Carmichael um, sort of in between. Yeah, big fan here. of those. Big fan of Gerard. Yeah. yeah. He is. He has a hand in so many good things. Uh, he's friends with everybody cool in Hollywood, which is cool because he's like in his 20s and he's just a stand up at first. Uh, cool dude. He's a uh, quick aside. He's like writing a movie with Quentin Tarantino. That's that should surprise me, but it doesn't. I'm, yeah, I'm in like on the, that. It's like a Zorro Django team up. So that's something that's that once upon a time in California or is that no no it's another thing okay but um, anyway then we have a uh, running out of time running oh out yeah, of time. Oh, yeah. See, a, that is an amazing pop yeah. hook See, but the way it's it's given to us is so dreamy in between I think and running out of time it shows these like two sides of a of the same coin that's just like this like optimistic view of like 
man, I think I'm falling in love. Like I really, I think it, I think it's real. Like this sense of optimism and then running out of time is this total sense of desperation of like, if I don't do something quick, then I'm going to lose this chance. And Mm -hmm. it's just going to, it'll just be a hindsight. Really amazing. I thought, I thought the hardest anyone would go for like live on this album is new magic wand. Yeah, dude. That song is such a slapper. Like it's so good. The 808 on that. It's like the, darkest grimiest (laughs) shit it's like it's about to blow my speakers in my car any day now the new magic wand is a quote-unquote gun apparently yeah yeah so So. that's what i was gonna say um this album definitely gives me after actually really diving into this album and after i'd given it like 10 15 listens I uh, listened to 808s and Heartbreaks, and you can tell that was a heavy inspiration, at least on the the musicianship of this. Side note, 808s and Heartbreaks is one of the best Kanye albums. I'll say it. It's it's one of the most influential albums of like modern rap you could pick yeah. any kanye album well that's the best true kanye but album. i mean as far as as far as like the influentiality of it might be the most influential yeah exactly uh really like shaped modern then, rap music uh speaking of kanye a boy Showing is a gun a is, is a gun. like the most kanye song tyler yeah. has ever made yeah. that beat is exactly what the fucking doctor ordered dude. it's yeah. so good damn and it's he so sampled good. the same song that kanye sampled in bound two yep. yeah. yeah it's it's so good like uh, that beat is like top five of the year yeah, for me. in terms of like hip-hop beats like yeah uh, i love puppet another slapper. and then puppet yeah kanye showing up what's in there, good you know, was such puppet. a good song too what's good is like i think the most straight up down the middle banger on this and it's perfect it's because the, we kind of need that kind that's of to please his old fans yeah. yeah no it feels like something that would be off of wolf yeah like, and that's... he just he goes like he has straight bars on this one like yeah. he just wraps his fucking face off yeah and the, then sorry and then the last three on here um we get gone gone thank you which is this kind of like epic sort of trip into the end of this relationship and and feeling the guilt and remorse but also happiness kind of it's Uh, it's he reaches this sense of like i'm just happy that we had the moments together or am i and i mean from that into i don't love you anymore which is Man, talk about a hook on this thing. I like, don't love you anymore. Like, so he, catchy. You can feel his, like, uh, anxiety. No, on it this really, thing. it's, this is the perfect breakup album. Like, it's, <laughs> whenever yep. Blonde came out, like, I, like, felt like this is, like, I need to be in a mood to listen to this thing. This is an album I can listen to in any kind of a mood, but you can just feel the heartbreak. Whenever yeah. he says, I don't love you anymore, it's just like, well, yeah, Fantano do. said it best in his review on, on YouTube. It's like, Tyler's like stomping around. He's like so angry. He's like, I don't love you anymore. (laughs) So angry. Like, but also another thing Fantano said is like, it's almost like Tyler's like, he's telling himself, he's trying to tell himself like he doesn't need this person anymore. Mm -hmm. He wants to put himself in that headspace so he can force himself to move on. Yeah. And then we conclude it. The final track Uh, on this album might be my favorite song in the whole album. (laughs) It's one of the best songs I've heard in a long time because of when you listen to the song to this album in order and you get this entire storyline in chronological order, this entire journey that Tyler takes makes so much sense as a whole. And you end on this cathartic, like epic, almost like arena finale that soars yeah. beyond anything else mm-hmm. on the album it it feels like a throwback to almost like 
I don't know, like just like seventies rock. Yeah. Well, see, rock I was getting music. vibes of Ghost Town, which is the same story. Yeah. It's yep. vibes of like really anthemic rock music. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's also just very tragic. Like it ends on a question, which yeah. is kind of this whole thing is like after. Going from I don't love you anymore, it's just like, are we still friends? Like it's like he this very yeah. it leaves on such a vulnerable note he where you think quite think on. about how like yeah. flower boyans where we get something like glitter that's just like this very like showy, like I am out here and it's this like is who I am. It's a celebration. This ends from a very exposed and vulnerable place. Mm-hmm. And it's it doesn't feel like just listening to the music itself. It doesn't feel that way until you really like listen to the lyrics and realize like how kind of tragic this whole thing yeah. is. It's yeah. tragic, but at the same time, it's life. None of this is meant to be hyped up as some kind of like overly dramatic, tragic thing. This isn't Kanye talking about losing his mom or anything else like that. Like this is the end of a relationship, but mm. it feels like the end of the world. Yeah. I think my, the thing that I was the most impressed by in this album, more than anything, there's a lot to be impressed about, but the fact that he ordered these songs absolutely perfectly so that there is a true emotional arc throughout the album, but also you can put it on shuffle and they're all good songs mm. And they all stand alone. It's like what I said about Good Kid, Mad City. It has the exact same feel to me. Where They can come on in a playlist, and I'm like, hell yeah. But if you listen to them all together, it creates something larger than that. Yeah. Usually, it's kind of one or the other. Like with with uh, Father of the Bride, like we're going to talk about. There are a couple songs that maybe I wouldn't love to hear on a shuffle, on a playlist. But in the, in the context of the album, they work. Everything works on all levels in this album, and that's... I still have Father of the Bride at number one, but that is so impressive to me. Like that takes a lot yeah, of foresight and, and, t- and thought. Like he's he's only getting better with every album. And what's crazy about it is that he's been doing this whole artistic value thing since the beginning, even with his horrorcore. You know, so the whole bastard goblin wolf trilogy as a whole, the story was completely mind blowing. I don't know if you guys know the whole story. How it's like, bastard was the first song or first album. He's talking to a psychiatrist. Mm. The second album was Goblin, and he's talking to the psychiatrist again. At the end, uh, spoiler alert, at the end of Goblin, you find out that the psychiatrist he's talking to is himself, and that he's kind of being, you know, it's the whole double personality kind of thing, where he's talking to himself. Which is kind of Igor. Yeah, Yeah. and then he releases Wolf, which everyone thinks is going to be the third time he meets with a psychiatrist. It's like a camp. Yeah, and essentially what it is, is it's that it's the middle story between Goblin and Bastard. And it's you. no one expected it. And the whole thing is that psychiatrist sent him to the camp. He did all the shit at the camp. Then he got sent back again. And that's how he figured everything out. So that's the whole cool thing. It's like he's been doing this artistic value kind of music for a long ass time. Yeah, and before like... From the exterior early in his career, you wouldn't assume that there's a lot of depth in what no. he does. But it, I, I've been going back and listening to his old shit, and it holds up insanely. The production of it, oh my god, it's so good. Like so it's fucking I'm not, insane. I'm honestly, I'm angry at myself because I like I was familiar with the Goblin Bastard Wolf era of Tyler, but the first album of his that I really listened to is Cherry Bomb, which I know Tyler will defend <laughs> as a masterpiece. Cherry Bomb is a bad album. 
Agreed. dumb. I'll say it. My least favorite. I I really yeah. do not well, like Cherry Bomb at all. There's he a dyke. tried. He tried. I know. To do he was something. trying to do something. He went for something. And he still defends it as uh, like it's an unlike it's unrecognized masterpiece. I think I think Smuckers is one of his best songs. I will stand by that song forever. Smuckers is a great song. Um, yeah. Well, the thing is, what he went for that song. There there's this dichotomy. I think Fantano has discussed this between. Uh, being lo-fi, which is what this album is, and being poorly mixed, which is what that album is. You know what I mean? Mm. There's a difference because a lot of people were shitting on the mixing of this album, and it's not poorly mixed. It's insanely well mixed to be a lo-fi album on purpose. Yeah, he's matured as an artist he, since the beginning. Yeah, there's it's so nice. much thought put into everything he does. Uh, he's yeah, he is one of the brightest minds we have. Like he's so so good. And he's only 28. Yeah, he's young. Like, I mean, wow. it's insane. It's crazy to see how many people from Odd Future actually panned out. Yeah. When you think about it, Frank about Ocean, Earl Sweatshirt, Tyler Creator. No, well, that's what I was going to say. Think Sid. about if you were buying stock in. I feel like Earl and Sid would have probably been a couple of the top picks. And Earl and Sid are probably the least successful out of the two. And Earl, I mean, I still love Earl Sweatshirt. But it's not like Earl is doing a lot right now because he was in jail. And well, Sid's yeah. just kind of like hopping around. But now Frank and Tyler have both just like made masterpieces. They're blooming. Like, yep. Yeah. No, it's crazy, man. Uh, I ship the Frank Ocean Tyler. The and not only that, but uh, Jasper, who's also another groupie, he he has a show on uh, HBO. Is it or, or Adult Swim? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Tyler had Loiter nuts. Squad. Yeah. No, it's a new one. It's uh, oh. it it's basically a show of him and I think it's Lionel, and they just do random shit, and it's it's kind of yeah. funny. It's like a fun loiter so squad. They did you had. guys, you guys want to touch on Vampire Weekend? Again? I mean, we already talked about it uh, very briefly. Um, I really Igor and Father of the Bride are just on a tier by themselves. That it's going to be tough for any album to reach that yeah, tier. Yeah, I this, definitely for the rest I, of the year. I, like, I think that if no other rapper releases an album, like no other big rapper releases an album, Tyler's got best rap album. At the Grammys, yeah, I oh, think yeah. I think uh, he would have won it with Flower Boy had Kendrick not come out with "Damn," mm. which honestly, I that can go on our one day we're gonna have a podcast of takes that we wish that we could go back on. Yeah, this that's would be an one of those of because Flower Boy is a better album than "Damn." Yes, and it is. That year, a couple years ago, we were just like, "Oh well, Damn" is the de facto number one. And yeah, I just think that that is be, wrong. Be on hindsight. the lookout for this episode. It's it's gonna happen when we have a slow week. It's called the Retcon episode. I came <laughs> up with this, and we're gonna go back and take back all the things we can do. Like we're allowed to have take backsies for one episode. I'm very excited. A lot of my early opinions were not fully fleshed out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Father of the Bride. He's actually a big Keanu and Star Wars fan. That's that's not what I'm changing. Okay. I, I sound really great in retrospect about Star Wars. Um, I love I love that We Fought a Mike episode. I nailed that, that so shit. Yeah. And then guess what? A bunch of shitty Star you Wars movies right. come out, and I'm right. <laughs> you were right. Um, anyway, Father of the Bride, I think, front to back, uh, is a perfect album. Um, Igor is near perfect and it has some advantages over father of the bride like i mentioned you can listen to any song on the on its own and that is a big plus for me but uh both albums have a similar level of meticulousness and just like insane amount of thought put into them uh and that's ultimately what i love about good music (laughs) when someone really thinks it through and you can tell that this was not just like an obligatory thing like they really care that's what music is for. And it's to hear someone care. The track list is important. I mean, you say that it's it would be jarring to put it on shuffle, but I don't think they made an album to be an album. I mean, the same could be said for Igor with Tyler. Like, 
that there is a story to be told here mm. and a purpose to all the track lists. I, I also, I mean, you can say this is arbitrary or whatever, but I do give, because I think that both Igor and Father of the Bride are perfect or near perfect albums. I do give a slight nod to Vampire Weekend also because of the track length. This is an hour long album. And the fact that there's no filler in an hour-long album... That's pretty wild. That's insane. For an hour-long rock album, I yeah. Um, Yeah, it's amazing. And back to back to Igor, uh, the only reason it's not at like an t- 11 out of 10 for me... So this is, again, a knit. <laughs> a knit. A capital N knit. Um, Tab- it's, it's a K. So, uh, you know, a lot of people... Obviously, the Tyler's old audience complained a lot of, that they wanted him to rap more on the album because that's what they know him for. He's actually is very good at rapping if you don't know um I, that actually didn't bother me because like you said this is album is an artistic expression and singing is a more dynamic way to express emotions than rapping a lot of the time unless you're kendrick lamar and you can do insane shit with your voice while rapping mm. uh so that actually didn't bother me what bothered me just a bit is that if he is going to sing so much and i love all the pitch shifting but i wish he would maybe take like a, a single vocal lesson that's all <laughs> like i don't need him to be a great singer but it would be it's like when i listen to 808s i'm like damn imagine if he could sing like this would be the greatest album ever made but all the people that sing along to his music that can't sing they feel very included am i being ableist along to, to deaf yeah. to deaf people uh, <laughs> hey I, I i actually i like tyler singing a lot. well that's the thing it's very he, unique well not okay you can say that but naturally he has an awesome voice it, his intonation is very interesting because he has that depth and the pitch shifting really worked for me but if he could hit notes that would just that well, would only make it better. So for even does, take out does, even though. take a lot of time he really does. Even if taking you listen, out the pitch shifting itself, Tyler has probably one of the best ranges in hip hop between his singing and his rapping voice. Like he can hit the lowest of lows <laughs> notes whenever he's rapping sometimes. But even if you take out some of the pitch shifting itself, because I've seen him live doing some of this stuff when he's singing it genuinely and like. He can do some falsetto that is actually really good. And yeah. Really, also, he, he has a very long career ahead of him. He's yeah. going to be doing some amazing I, shit. I, yeah. And I want to hear him sing more. That's why I want him to get better because Kanye never did. And that kind of sucks because when Kanye sings without autotune, that's when you hear the flat notes. And that's what I heard a lot on, on Igor, even though it didn't bother me because it almost fits with some of the songs. Also, to your point of like singing being a more expressive form of of yeah just uh, just a, a more expressive artistic thing uh the some of because he does like everything on this album he plays every instrument all the production is all him uh some of the keyboard work on here like his his uh, keyboard playing there's a there's a an, a quality to it that is very um it's just imperfect. Yeah. That well, just that's like the singing. Like you yeah. can hear it. Like there's some there's some slip ups. There's some like he's done that. Yeah, he's things. always done that where he plays these chords that almost sound like an accident, but yeah. they all work. I love that about him. That, those are amazing. Yeah. Like he chooses to do whether whether it's a choice or not. He he brings together these chords and these progressions that don't that shouldn't fit together. But even when he's doing little licks and melodies on the keys the the tempo the flow the intonation of it there is like a human imperfection to it that i just i think it's great so to that point i think that this is all entirely purposeful i mean that's why i mentioned another reason i meant to bring it up when talking about the dissect podcast uh, and then going through flower boy there's all these kinds of because 
I feel like for the most part, I mean, none of us are like music theory majors, so we don't really like understand what he's doing rhythmically as much as um, his lyricism that you can kind of just get on Rap Genius and pull that shit up. But like Kanye, er, I'm just call him Kanye because it's very Kanye esque. Mm-hmm. How he, there is, you can tell he put so much thought into the actual progressions of his song itself. Like I think about the first half of Flower Boy has this core has these these um I'm blanking on the exact word for it not uh this chord pattern that Pro- progression yes that's <laughs> i couldn't think of progression for some reason but it's literally descending and descending and descending until mm-hmm. we reach like garden shed which marks this moment and then it just starts rising again and that's kind of everything and we have these moments in there where these this dissonance between these chords but it's all very purposeful so any kind of error almost that you would say or moment that's out of key is all very purposeful in uh tyler's music i mean listen i don't want him to pitch correct his voice that's not what i'm even saying um and i love the musical imperfections it only got to me a few times that's all um and this is still like a near perfect album for me all right let's um get into some other things before we wrap yeah, up um, i have so many albums that we haven't talked I, about. I do want to give i have just like five honorable mentions to fill out my top 10 just to bust through them quickly um a lot of them we talked about lizzo's because i love you mm. be up there mm-hmm. um great album sharon vedette remind me tomorrow anderson pock ventura ariana ariana grande thank you next so, so that's it's so good. It's I mean, it's honestly like on par with Sweetener. It really so is good. just um, just as good. We we didn't ever talked about Steve Lacey at all. I did not like the album. So I need this was going to be in my biggest disappointments. Yeah. And I do like the album, but I don't love it. And There's some good songs on there, but overall the album is. I think it, it seems like a first draft. We'll like, talk about should've... disappointments in a bit. Let's... Yeah, yeah. He should have worked on it more. To stay, to keep it happy for just a moment, Tori Moi, Outer Peace. Yeah, I've been really album. listening oh, yeah. to this album a lot lately. Like, I don't know why I just decided I was like, you know, I'm in like a house kind of a mood and started putting this on again. Mm-hmm. This album is amazing. Uh, I think that, uh, um, let me figure out what, the... oh, Who I Am is one of my favorite songs of the year. Just I don't know what about that song is just so fucking yeah. catchy and just gets stuck in my um, head all the time. Did, Same with uh, Monte Carlo and Fading. That's yeah, Fading yeah. is a great song. Uh, I have three albums really quick that all fill the same space for me, which is like MVP, amazing gym albums. Because um, <laughs> nice. yeah, when I'm at the gym, I listen to like really like ratchet, energetic uh, hip hop music. The <laughs> uh, Baby, you familiar with The Baby? Nope. <laughs> He's an Atlanta guy, but his his style of speaking is not. Uh, does not fit in with the current scene in Atlanta. It's very, it's very uh, legible. I mm. guess you could say. Okay. I really like his lyrics. One of my favorite things about him is that he raps all of his own hooks. Like it just the chorus is just him rapping, and it sounds just like the verse did. But it's just him saying the same phrase over and over. And it reminds me of so much vintage hip hop that I love so much. Mm. Um, and it's something you never hear anymore. Like now, either the rapper sings their own hook or they get someone else to. Um, Megan the Stallion. You guys may have seen stuff about her album. It's I'm, I'll tell you right now. It's a really, really great uh, hip hop album. And in a similar vein, uh, Rico Nasty put out an album that's pretty comparable. They're both very like kind of almost like a, a feminist like style reclaiming of like ob- objectification in hip hop, where they're just like turning it back on us, kind of, but in a in a very playful, funny way. So like Cardi um, B. 
Yeah, and with with Megan the Stallion, it gets more. Uh, there's a lot more depth to her lyrics. Rico Nasty's album is more comedic, and it's produced entirely by Kenny Beats, uh, who I talked about earlier. And he puts some fucking sauce on it, dude. These beats are pretty outrageous. Like it's a really fun album to listen to. Uh, a lot of energy in that. So that's yeah, that's a good little trio if you're into it. If you're into Dope. one, you're gonna be into all of yeah. them. Yeah. So there's a few for my honorable mentions. Uh, Denzel Curry's Zoo. It's a good album. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun album to listen to. Fun. Yeah. Here's the thing with Denzel Curry for me. I love him as a feature, and I don't necessarily love his solo stuff. Did you listen to Zoo? Yeah, I like oh, Zoo. I love Zoo. I really I like it a lot, but it just it didn't stick with me. I love when he is a feature on a song. Yeah. I get so excited when I see him as a feature, but sometimes his albums itself, they kind of, the songs blend together a um, little bit for me. I just enjoyed it because Cloud Cobain was like a really introspective, you know, uh, artistic value that you take that album for. And then uh, Zoo was just like a really raw, party, fun mm. album, you know? Yeah. And it was, I think it was really creative. It reminded me a little bit about like Lil Wayne. Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying. I, I like listening to albums like this when we have uh, more and more Tylers that are like getting very introspective yes. and emotional. Yeah. And sometimes it's nice to like just put something on that's a little brainless yeah. and, and just there, fun. There is some depth there because Denzel always has a little bit in there. And of he, course. He, I love, like, this is my favorite album of his. Uh, the production is nuts. Oh, like, yeah. It's, it's, it's so good. I should have mentioned him earlier and almost in the injury reserve camp. His is a little more. Uh, traditionally like rhythmic but it's wild though yeah the forgotten curry brother as i call him Mm. yeah another good album uh this year i think is uh beast coast escape from new york beast coast is flatbush zombies and joey badass oh Oh, shit damn yeah (laughs) that's a good combo telling you it's actually a pretty decent album i enjoyed it it's definitely in my top 10 so far um flying lotus is flamagra is another one. Oh, I wanted that- to actually bring up that album. Um, yeah. It's really good. Uh, I don't think that it's going to reach the highs of uh, Flame. It doesn't reach You're the highs dead. as You're Dead. You're Dead. I That oh, is that such is a, a unique album. Like, yeah. I've never heard anything like it before. But the song with David Lynch is like everything that I love about this Flying is Lotus. the water. Yeah. This is the well. <laughs> just David Lynch reading like a short story that he wrote, and he's just like, "Fire is coming! Fire is coming! Fire is coming!" It's so weird, and it's everything that I love about uh, David Lynch and Flying Lotus. That it just seems like this is this kind of perfect marriage. Um, I also love. I gotta pull up the track list here real quick. But Black Balloons Reprise. Speaking of Denzel Curry, yeah. that is a great fucking there's song. A, there's a song with um, Pac. Yeah. Uh, Tierra Whack is on there. Uh, Yellow Belly. Yeah. Uh, I really like that song. Yeah, more uh, with Anderson Pack is the song that's been like blowing up. Yeah, the the biggest song. Man, from Anderson yeah. is all over people's I, tracks. Yeah, I, I, I don't blame him. I have another honorable mention. It's um, the bones are their money. And the money, money is their bones. bones. Oh man, yeah, yeah. yeah. that was Dude, out, song of the, the juxtaposition of lyrics <laughs> with the two. It's like it's like Tim, brand, it's Tim like Robinson. taking back Sunday back when they had the brand new guy. You know, it's just like two way different dudes <laughs> going yeah. at it. Actually, that's my number one. Fuck Tyler, yeah. Tim Robinson <laughs> all the way. He, yeah. I, if I could put him number one on every individual <laughs> list we ever make, I would like that. Um, I watched that show again this week. So <laughs> it's I, like my fourth time. I wanted to say these aren't um, disappointments, but two albums that. Uh, I liked, but aren't uh, top ten worthy. Uh, Khalid, mm-hmm. um, I think that that is might be his best 
uh, album yet. Khalid is good at pop music. No, well, the thing is yeah. that Khalid just, I wish that he would make a great album because he has one of my favorite voices in music. Amazing I mean, his voice, voice is yeah. so fucking good. He's and really I wish young. that he would, I mean, yeah, he is, he's like 20. Two, yeah, I think he could still. So he still yeah. has plenty of time, and I mean, he's still getting radio plays with this stuff. But um, and another person is Solange. Um, I yep. wouldn't call it a disappointment, but I it would. kind of <laughs> it kind I of just came would. and went. Um, Dude, her uh, a seat at the table is a masterpiece. Yeah, okay. so I, I mean, guess I can't, kind of I can't expect her to. Camp. Yeah. to put out another masterpiece it's still a good album though i mean yeah, it's, it's still, not bad i would say like i'd rather listen to this than like the new cage the elephant album oh so, well, yeah so, like yeah. i'd rather take a big stinky shit than listen to the <laughs> yeah, there, cage the elephant there's like there's like one a good song yeah i know well i like taking a big stinky a shit a big stinky <laughs> soylent shit yeah that i like that so that's like number four on my list if we're including it yeah. uh hey boogie I really like his album this year. Everything's for sale. Okay. Um, I talked about it a lot, uh, like a, a couple months ago. But man, that is a really smooth album. I feel like it would have been more of a smash if it came out like three or four years ago. It really, it's like a 2015 sounding mm-hmm. album, but in, in a good way. Like it's a really solid album. Yeah. Two, two of my almost there albums. Uh, the National. I am easy to find. Look. I tried to get into that album. It's almost and I, I not, not old as, enough. I fell asleep. <laughs> I could. I just. That's what, didn't they're one make of those bands. Impact. They're one of those bands that are way better live than their actual music. True. And I I, mean, I tweeted about that. How about like I'm just not old enough. Like I'm not yeah, world weary. We're not enough. 35. <laughs> I'm close. I feel like it's like Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, where it's like one oh, day man. I'll be a dad who lost their son. Yeah, one day I'll, <laughs> this all makes sense to me. One day I'll be a goth <laughs> dad. And, and one more album that kind of just almost got there was Fishing for Fishies by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Oh, oh yo, that's a really dude, good album. Always, that's a really fucking good they album. They always put out. It was good. good it was shit. a good, but it was like. It was almost there. What was the microtonal banana, whatever? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. See, the what the album that's one long song. I love that one. So you know what's it's funny so about crazy. King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard? Um, they uh they played at Bonnaroo the first year that I went, and they were literally the last name on the list. <laughs> and like we saw them, it was like fucking noon on Thursday. We're like, well, let's go see a band. And we're like. We got to go see King Gizzard. We were just making jokes about the name before, because at that point, like oh, they did live. Nothing. They would be absolutely yeah, wild. Yeah, they were fucking dope. Like yeah. they were a really fun band. To speed see rock. Live. It's basically yeah. speed rock, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Like desert speed rock. <laughs> yeah. Psychedelic so lizard kind of music festival <laughs> band to stumble into. It's like Mad Max rock. You know, it has the yeah. vibe of like it'd be playing while the, during a car chase. Fishing for mm-hmm. Fishies is way different, though. Oh, Fishing really? for Fishies is almost like is it still a, the psychedelic it's, kind it, of vibes. It's to like it, a psychedelic or? folk crossover. Okay. Wow, it sounds like okay. Yeah, yeah. and then they release like some random metalcore songs, like Planet B. Speaking <laughs> of psychedelic folk, we need to talk about Mac DeMarco. Oh, I God. is that what you speaking speaking of a bad trip? Okay, so we're we're jumping we're jumping straight into disappointments. Aren't speaking we? of taking acid and Nyquil. This uh, album is <laughs> such a swing and a miss, God. and I, you know, Mac, you you're still a good guy. I'll probably guy. check out your stuff. He's very funny. At another point. It's just so I've a lot of interviews with him really reveal why he's at where he's at. Um, like he he got he he had a meteoric rise very young, 
and he never yeah, solid days. and it was never his intention to do that um he wanted to be the like accepted in the scene that he was in locally but then he was all of a sudden nationally touring and he's just so tragically lonely all the time and he's sad because his music has been ripped off and co-opted by this really annoying type of dude Mm -hmm. you know and so now he's just like not just the music but his whole thing yeah his whole thing he's he's probably gonna give so many teenagers cancer because they got into cigarettes because of him. I, the, the thing is, he's, he's he knows. I think he knows these songs are bad because if you watch him live, he plays none of it. He plays like I mean, a couple you, songs. Yeah, how yeah. Could you play that shit. His live? old shit is so much better, and he knows it. To he, your point about this attracting a certain type of dude, I just think about there was one time where I won't name names, but I was at um, uh, a friend's boyfriend's house uh, with Gaia, and uh, they were just not. They were the people who you would expect that listened to Mac DeMarco once. They're like, oh, shit, dude. This, dude. like, is my soul, Yeah, I gotta man. learn how to ollie. And, like, the they just put on salad days and were jamming. I was like, oh, God, you guys are literally well, ruining this also, album Also, okay, right the funniest now. thing is uh, Chamber of Reflection, which is, like, a really great, like, Tame Impala song, basically, mm. off current. <laughs> I love that song. Um, yeah, because it... I would say that's one of the best songs of the yeah. decade. So that song has been co-opted on TikTok by E-Boys. Have you guys seen Ew, this? No. It's, yeah, and it's it's You're just bringing back TikTok. It's just TikToks of e boys like painting their fingernails black or just like flipping their hair and wearing black like uh, t shirts and undershirts. Like absolutely e- in like like Mac a- DeMarco. Ex- like no, you're an e boy. You don't listen to Mac DeMarco. Yeah, like ex- ecstasy boys. No, it's it's the new <laughs> it's the new emo. Yeah, oh. but these, they probably do a little. Yeah, it's these like hot, kind of almost androgynous boys in high school who like skate. Oh, e like electronic. Like, no, like emo, <laughs> like <laughs> email. Yeah, like e- uh, email, email boys. emo, email yeah. emo. It's like do we, vaporwave. Do we need to explain? Do you know what a chat is? Do you need me to get into TikTok? Because I can go. Yeah, I can get like twenty minutes in. I okay. So my thought on here comes the cowboy. Um, it feels all of these songs feel like drafts of a song like it'll probably get to the point where i'm listening to a song i'm like all right you know i'm starting to get to it and then it fades out into the next song and i'm like well shit i guess that was it then um i like the song k i think that's probably my favorite song on the album uh Mm -hmm. because it actually feels like a full song my favorite song on the album is probably the song he meant as a joke choo choo (laughs) i love that song it's, yeah. it's, it's either that one or Here Comes the Cowboy has the weird video. Yeah. Oh, my with the, nobody. That's with, the shit nightmares are made with out the, of. Yeah, the 3D rendering. Uh, one, that's that's animated by Cole Cush, who is not Cole Kushna, mm. but is an amazing animator. You got to look up that guy's shit. Um, anyway, if we're talking disappointments, like it's on your list, so we should talk Steve, Steve Lacey now. Steve Lacey, um, dude. This guy... His, I will still say, I think that his 27 EP, Steve Lacey's demo tape, is my favorite EP of all time. And his work on the Vampire Weekend record. Well, and his work yeah. in the internet when he was like yeah, 16. Too. Exactly. He had a Grammy at like High in like mind. his teens. Um, and Ego Death. Yeah. It's, it's not a bad album. It's just kind of forgettable. There's a couple of good songs on there. Um, I think it's called I Wonder. It's like this nine minute long ballad that's the, I think it's the second song in the album. Yeah, which but, is like, that's a ballsy move to make the second song in your album this and nine it's, minute thing. It's a really touching song about like being this like closeted man and everything else. Like it has this, a lot of, uh, a lot of heavy shit to it. But then the rest of the album just kind of 
is there. It's forgettable. Well, it's, it's so I mean, that's yeah. one of the key issues I had is the track ordering in this is a mess. Yeah. Uh, they're yes. in the, I mean, it's rare that you can say that decisively, but they're in the wrong order here. To have a, a nine minute song that sounds nothing like any other song in the album as your second song, which is usually where you would put the single. Like, that is so yeah. bizarre, and it doesn't seem purposeful because it also sounds like a, an ending song. But the third song is the best one, Playground. Oh, That's, that's yeah. a banger There are right some there. great songs on here that I love because I love Steve Lacey. I love what he goes for. Um, I think that what happened here is... Tell us. <laughs> well, this is his first album that he re- was recorded with full studio capabilities. He recorded his uh, demo tape in a studio, but it was just on an iPhone that he recorded the whole album. Just on, like, GarageBand. He used filters on his phone. And it sounds so good because he was a master of that domain. Yeah. Um, and I think that maybe that's why I was a little disappointed with this is he had access to more things. And I think... It sounds like he was a little overwhelmed to me. Like, it sounds like he didn't have full confidence in, like, the mixing board and all the little effects. Because some songs are high fidelity and then it'll switch to low. Some songs have a a certain type of reverb and then the next song is a different effect that goes not very well with the previous song. He should have gotten a a helping hand on this. Maybe. I think maybe he was trusted a bit much just because he has an the best pedigree of any like 20 year old in music basically like he is except for like billy eilish yeah like he is his pedigree is absolutely insane and he has an immense amount of talent and i do like like a good amount of the songs here there are just a, a couple key issues that i had that like i said his demo tape i would give an 11 out of 10 i think it's, it's a great i yeah. think it's visionary fucking shit like it's unbelievably good um so this isn't a disappointment but i forgot to mention it on other albums uh to bring up for albums that I wanted to shout out from this year. I know you guys tried to just blow past it, so I wouldn't talk about oh, it. But boy. I'm going to get on my <laughs> prog rock. Okay, so. Did you guys record that? Do I need to do another take? Did a to get cat on that, just or? die? Yeah, before. <laughs> like, yeah, what? what tell me what that was about. <laughs> what, what, did the, what did that sound mean to you? <laughs> See, the thing is that it's different every time, guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because it's prog. Yeah. I didn't rehearse that or anything. Oh, so, um, uh, so going to get on my prog rock corner here for a second. This just came out on Friday uh, last week. And that's all the time we have. Oh. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> Thank You Scientist uh, released a new album, Terraformer. You might know Thank You Scientist. Uh, They're signed on to Evil Inc. Records, which is is also known as the TDE of prog rock. Oh, my gosh. I got to get out of here. I'm suffocating. That was my take that I was saving for you guys. Uh, yeah. This is Claudio Sanchez's own record label that he's Wait, who's that guy again? From... <laughs> I was so fucking respectful when you guys talk about <laughs> bullshit music. Oh, Claudio Sanchez is the rhythm guitarist of, of, <laughs> of, of, of pop punk band. All right, so new album Terraformer. Um, this song is your guys' dream. Are you ready? Thirteen songs, an hour and twenty-four minutes long. Awesome. In and out. In and out. It's like Igor. It's the same length as Igor. Um, How is it? So, uh. It's good. Um, I wouldn't say it's it's definitely I would say it's a step down from uh, 2016. They had an album Stranger Heads Prevail, which is 
one of the be- one of my favorite albums from the decade. I would honestly put it up there with some of the best Coheed work. Whoa. Like this is how much Whoa. I love well, this album. I remember you saw they opened for Coheed when you saw them, correct? They did. Um I saw them then and then I saw them uh whenever they came back to Orlando on their own tour a uh, year or two after that uh with friend of the pod Becca mm. actually. So listen, um, I'll give you something. They they're doing some some shit. They're doing some stuff. This band, they have uh, a lot of like they have, like. Don't even fake it for me. Don't even just try. Just I'm trying <laughs> to run back. And make I'm hoping you forget everything I just said um, a minute ago. They they <laughs> I did I didn't like them because you played them quite a bit when we lived literally in the same room together. So I could not escape <laughs> you it. To, you were stuck um, there with it. But I did appreciate that they, there's a lot of complexity, as you could say, with most prog rock. But they have like an orchestra almost. No, so that's the thing about them Trumpets, is that they're honestly horns. probably one of the most talented group of musicians that I've yeah, ever heard in my it's life. It's pretty wild. They actually just um, before this album came out, after Stranger Heads, they changed out. They have a new drummer, new saxophonist, and new trumpet player. Um, the previous wow. members, they were basically in a high school band together, and they actually got offers from like Juilliard, like. <laughs> To play music, yeah, and I, no, else. I could totally like, see that. They play some really complicated. It's so shit. complex. I yeah. will say the new drummer is on full display. Joe Fatem is his name, and uh, one of the songs on here, "Everyday Ghost," just starts with a fucking drum solo that is so. And I mean, the way that he does this, he plays. I mean, you have to think they're switching between key signatures throughout a song. Yeah, and it's some of the most intricate things i've ever heard in my life there's no reason for the drums to be this complex and intricate <laughs> but they are it almost i mean it gives me vibes of uh talking about death heaven's album last year like ordinary corrupt human love which mm. you can not be a fan of the music itself but you kind of just have to admire the musicianship of it all um i will say one thing that really defined uh earlier thank you scientist stuff uh with their ep um Perils of Time Travel, and then their first two albums, Maps of Non-Existent Places and Stranger Heads Prevail, is while they would be very proggy and complex, they had fucking hooks. Like, they have hooks to, like, what would be a good pop rock song that are really catchy, get stuck in your head songs that go along with this, like, seven, eight, nine minute long epic that good they're Lord. telling. Um, I, this I song could... is, ve- this I'm album is to... very, it's very personal. Um, so is Stranger Heads a little bit, but like a lot of the songs on here are just like feeling like you don't really have any place to belong because they've been of course these are like they're kind of weirdos. Yeah. Like yeah. they're fucking they're they've always just they're like deeply weird, like troubled what, people. They kind of lean into the whole like alien persona of like just not really fitting into anything. Yeah. But at the same time, also a lot of people in the prog rock community hate this kind of music because they're like oh you have to be heavy to be prog yeah and they're not they have like some heaviness to them but for the most part they're more jazz than anything else they're yeah super jazzy i would yeah i would really call it like jazzy math rock almost. it's it's not quite on the level of math uh but i do think like on stranger heads there's some uh moments that honestly remind me like if you just took this little snippet of it it could fit into like the soundtrack for whiplash like mm. straight up just like what they're trying to do, yeah, they do some and there's some moments on this album too that are just so fucking jazzy um i will say uh shout out to salvatore morano the vocalist who's been kind of their front man this whole time one of the best voices in rock music right he does now. have a good voice 
Listen, I, I <laughs> you said that you liked it more than Claudio whenever we listened. I to do that. like it more than Claudio because he has a really great like professional voice, and I can kind of understand that he has amazing range to his voice. Yeah, and it's not like too amazing like claudio's range is cl- like clawing at my ears level claudio's of like, it's that perfect yeah. it's like Claudine? how you can't look god in the eyes <laughs> you can't oh listen to god, god. sing. okay oh, uh, speaking uh, no let's let's okay. fade him out okay. speaking <laughs> of right. fade him I, uh, <laughs> just so we can put a damp on the mood one of the we don't have to talk we don't have to talk about this album for more than 15 seconds but it was absolutely terrible mm. confessions of a dangerous mind by logic Oh, oh was God. so hilariously oh. I didn't, bad. I couldn't finish it. I literally didn't Dude, even finish it. I, I've been off of... I really liked Older Logic, and then I just... He hit a point where I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm out. He just... I mean, this does happen to a lot of artists who uh, blow up when they're young, and they display, like... He had ability... But it never grew. Like yeah. he has not gotten better. He was a and guy of potential, so and then badly. he just became Macklemore. Like yeah. 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 this album was a steaming pile of dog shit. Yeah, so, steaming pile of soylent dog shit. <laughs> he he's kind of like what a dumb guy thinks good rap sounds like because he does it really fast, but the rhyme scheme is just the last syllable of the line. Like there's nothing on the inside of it that rhymes, you know. Yeah, the I, lyricism was so bad on this album. Yeah, it's just not a good album. I did want to say we didn't even talk about it. I was thought that it had a dark horse chance of being on your list, but the new Kevin Abstract album. Yup, no. Oh, yes, oh, it, it, Arizona it, baby. It it had one good song that I'll listen to again. Peach. Yeah, it's a good song. Yeah, I like I like I like it more than the Brockhampton album from last year. I like yeah. Iridescence. I like Iridescence more than this. It's I like just... Iridescence at first, but then I just I anytime I tried to revisit it, I was like, Ugh. I just want to listen to like Saturation. Um, there's there's good songs on it. I mean, as an album, it doesn't quite succeed, but agreed. There's, so, there's still some good tracks. Uh, before we get into upcoming releases, I want to ask because this year I've been listening to. A, a lot of shit that I just never did. Like, either I wasn't alive for it or whatever. So I want to ask, what have you guys been listening to that's outside of 2019 oh. that, that you've been just getting into this I, year? I always go back to listen to Arcade Fire all the time. But yeah, they're like eternal. one of my go-tos to just go back to. And, and Tame Impala, like, mm. all three of their albums are just on my heavy rotation all that's, the time. Yeah, that's totally fair. So I'm, I'm stoked for the new album. Um, I'm ready for it. I've, so there's a couple different things i mentioned that i started listening to 808s earlier um and i've been listening to that album a lot lately also been going back to last year's near my god by foxing great album um, and then even going back a little bit further i've actually been doing a fleetwood mac deep dive mm. fleetwood mac incredible stevie nicks is a fucking goddess uh she is eternal and then uh, just a little side note for people who are doing work at home, just want to listen to like some good uh, instrumentals. Um, Ryuichi Sakamoto's is just one of the greatest modern classical composers of our time. Uh, always go back to his album 1996, along with just music scores like the Avengers Endgame soundtrack. And, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dang. What I've been listening to that's outside of 2019, I don't know. You you probably know them. The Mars Volta. Oh. oh. I got beef with Mars Volta. Uh, oh, no. I don't know. I'm, I'm just, just kidding. Been, I, I, been, I, I like <laughs> Mars Volta. They're fine. I they have like Coheed fans hate the Mars Volta because why? wait, hold on. Well, because what's, Mars what's, Volta what's, hates Coheed, so why? it's like this. I don't know why That's they're so not funny. even that similar. To be honest, like I don't know why they. I think it's just people think that their voices sound the same, but they really don't. 
They just both have higher pitch voices. Yeah, they have the higher pitch voices with like the really excessively talented. That's like saying Pierce the Veil and Coheed sound the same. Like that's honestly, kind of insulting. you could convince me that. That's, you could you could take one minute and I'd be convinced. <laughs> yeah, I've been um, listening. Yeah, that's so pretty Mars much Volta. it. You've been getting into it. That's cool. Um, I just in the past few weeks I've been nonstop on Electric Light Orchestra. Oh, I've always obviously oh, been a fan. The they yellow, have baby. they have probably six or seven like top forty hits that were just huge in the seventies and eighties. But I think that somehow this band is uh, insanely underrated. Like, I think they might be a top 10, top five classic rock band of all time. Uh, They're a little bit inconsistent in their catalog, but so is Queen. So are so many bands that released a shitload of albums. Like, how do you stay consistent? That was really kind of a pattern with, like, rock poppy kind of music back then. Like, think about Queen. Even, like, Elton John. Like, Elton John has one or two, like, great albums. But still, it's more of, like... The best album is the best of. Yeah, but this band is so fucking good. Like, there, there's obviously an immense amount of talent. There's almost a prog element to them. It's almost like prog pop rock in a way. Uh, they do, they fuck with like auto tune and vocoder effects that you wouldn't hear in anything else until like 20 years later. They get orchestral too. Yeah, they a lot. They have a big orchestra. They have a lot of chorus vocals. I mean, everything about them is really clicking for me right now. You know, Drew, if you're getting really into like uh, ELO and other prog rock, you should check out this band called Coheed and Cambria. Uh, um, fade him out. <laughs> Just turn, turn the knob. I have, my mic has a mount this whole episode. <laughs> oh, the weakest link. Goodbye. Um. Also, uh, I've been deep diving into uh, 80s and 90s alternative music because I got into deep into alternative in like high school. That was when I was like, wait, there's bands that are not the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Whoa. You know, and you, you know, you slowly deep dive, you discover like, you know, Strokes, Interpol, all those bands. But what about all the bands that came before them that influenced them? So I've been going like way deep into all that shit. Uh, like you know, Pixies, Dinosaur Junior, Stereo oh. Lab, so many great bands. Love Pixies, yeah, and Dinosaur and Junior, too. bands that would have had a much bigger platform had they come along today. <laughs> but back then, they were just you know, if you knew them, you knew them, and if you you didn't go to the record store, you probably didn't know them. Um, but yeah, I made a big old playlist of all that stuff, and it's just really, really great shit. Um, so yeah, what's it called on your Spotify? Oh. Uh, what don't make me plug Sh- check out drew's spotify my playlist it's called le wrong generation colon oh. 80s and 90s indie yes yeah and yes. speaking of spotify playlist shout out to pollen joey oh yeah I, we know <laughs> we know it's you yeah I, I told danny and joey about this fucking playlist because i'm so upset with it because i thought that i had spotify beat in terms of like they make all these almost tailored playlists mm-hmm. And I finally listened to Pollen, and I was like, this is what I want all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been listening to it so much. It's, like, all vibey indie and hip-hop, but it all fits in a playlist yeah. in, in a really, it's not really good way. It's not just rap, and it's yeah. not just rock. And it, yeah, and it's, like, it's updated periodically. It's mostly, it's, like, new shit, and it's just a great playlist. Yeah. So we was... Bought a Mic is brought to you by Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> we, But, yeah, we were talking about how we have a mole in our fucking group. Like, it's too, it's too on point, and it is Joey. It has to be Joey. There's nobody else. Yeah. He has like he has glasses like cookies and Nesty Classified where it has like you know <laughs> like Google Glass. He has a printer in his back. Yeah, pocket. he's like part machine. Yeah. Um but yeah, anyway, so future releases Tame Impala. Big. Oh my gosh, Kevin, if I, you are listening. I need it right Ke- look, now. It's been too long. We need I've it. been listening hey. to Borderline and Patience so much. I, we've my been patience, patient. My patience is gone and I'm on the fucking borderline. And I'm gonna <laughs> 
Hey, but that's I feel like that's what patience is all about. She's like, patience, guys, give me another five years. What's what's the first line? It's like, has it really been that long? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes, did I Kevin. Count, did I yeah. count the days wrong? <laughs> nope. <laughs> we need it, motherfucker. Um, okay, hold on. Quick side note. I saw them live uh in May. He fucking soiled us with an hour-long set. I traveled two hours to listen to an hour-long set of Tame Impala. They didn't really jam too much, and they played maybe 11 songs. This so, was uh, St. Pete? St. Augustine. Oh, Close. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I yeah. guess was I'm it, glad you didn't give me that ticket own, then. <laughs> was it their own band show, or was it part of like a festival? Or? No, it was, yeah, it was their own show. They had an huh. opener, which is very forgettable, and uh, then they played for 11 songs. I think it that's was the- That's weird, because every time, I've seen them twice now, and they played for an hour and a half. The first time I saw them play, they played for two hours, and they just like extended out everything into this full jammy Yeah, and it was, was just, it was just- I mean, it was a good show. Don't get me wrong. Every song, every song, nailed it, but not long enough. Mm. So Kevin is just playing with my heart at this point. He knows how much I love him. That that album's gonna drop, and they're gonna announce another tour, and I'm not gonna miss out on tickets this I, time. Yeah, and they're yeah. definitely gonna come to Orlando, Florida. I I don't know about the, that. In the um, smallest venue possible. Yeah, the so, birthplace of psych rock. <laughs> <laughs> so here's an album that I was originally super hyped for, and since then. Since the singles are starting to come out, starting to temper my expectations a little bit. Chance the Rapper. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Well, nope. the, I don't think any of those songs are meant well, to be. Well, Groceries is going to be on the album, apparently. Well, Groceries is <sighs> not a good song. Yikes. It's fun, but it's not what I want from him. Well, it doesn't It's what I want sound... from someone else. Yeah, I want it... Acid Rap Chance. That's not going to happen. It's not, not going to happen. He's not on that shit anymore. He's not on Acid. I miss it. He has a child. But I mean, even something like Coloring Book, like I really love the vibe of that album. And that is, that's an album that I was lower on it when it first came out, but it's still an album that like I'll go back and listen to. Like there's some, it has really good vibe to the whole thing. Um, I like a lot. Yeah. I don't like if he's going to try and go like his take on a SoundCloud rapper I'm not into that. Well, I'm the not thing there for that, that bothers me about every, supposed to be his first album. Everything album, he's, yes. Everything he's put out since Coloring Book. He had that EP last year that made zero noise. Um, I, I like a couple of the songs. So, on there. what the thing that the through line with all this music is that it sounds really low effort to me. Like it doesn't sound like he was in the studio yeah, for like very he has long. Half a mind on because <laughs> he's yeah. he's in like he's into like politics and he has a fucking kid and a w- wife and like it really seems like he is not putting in effort. Like, so. But if we I don't had know how something that it. had like the vibe of like 65th and Ingleside, I would love that shit. Like I love 65th and Ingleside. I think that uh, yeah, that song, good song is amazing. Um, I'm I fear the worst. We uh, really I'm do. I'm very cautious. I'm feeling dog shit here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it'll be dog he shit. He announced it. He announced it. It's coming out in July, so it's coming soon. We'll hear it. Uh, we may have a new Run the Jewels album this year. Yeah, it R2 just got some, there was like a little hinting of something this morning. Yeah, it might be a beer. I don't know if it's an album. I'm, I'm here for either one. It might yeah. be a beer. Well, it was, yeah. it was rumored it's to a, come out in the summer. It was rumored originally at the beginning of the year to be a summer 2019 But they've we'll always, see what happens. They've always, always done holiday. later. Yeah, they've yeah. always done later in um, the year. So Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib have an, an album coming out long Oof. awaited for years. Oof. The sequel to Pinata called Bandana. The singles are fire for this. Oh, yeah. Um, Crime Pays is one of my top five songs of the year so far. I'm so excited for this. I've heard that Freddie Gibbs is not a great guy. I'm not going to Google what happened because I'm going to listen to the album. Yeah. Um, Mad Lib is obvious. You know, I'm not going to. 
I'm not going to be like one of those white dudes. It's like, actually, he's like low key great. Like, we know that Mad Lib <laughs> yeah, is a it's... fucking savant. He's incredible. Yeah. Uh, Mad villainy is one of the yeah, best. Yeah. And Freddie fun. Gibbs almost only sounds like top tier when he's on a Mad Lib beat. Like, they work together so well. I can't be more excited for that one. Yeah. Um, I, I know I'm going to be roasted for this one. But I'm really excited for the Black Keys album. Me too. I'll hear it. I have hopes for it, but I don't want to give them my heart. Yeah, See, I'm just kind of like, I'll listen to it when it comes out, but I'm not holding any kind of hopes up They for get it. such a bad rap just because they got so big, you know, when it comes to, what is it, like alternative rock, I guess. Mm. Um, it, I I think this is going to be a good album. I think they're, they're really good as performers to kind of carry this album to please... The people that like music and the people that just like, eh, fuck it, let's they're throw not, the black They're keys. not going to put out something that, like, alters the genre. Of course no. not. It's going to be just straight It'll up It'll probably be closer rock. to turn oh, blue so it's gonna be it's going to be the old uh, Publix rule, huh? Eight out of ten? Yeah. <laughs> there you so go. What, what was the name of the song that they released from it? Uh, the they, they, they go, come out with two. Low go. High, and Eagle Birds. Um, oh, I guess three. I yeah. yeah, I really don't have problems with any of those songs, but I also am not, like... Yeah, getting, they're, they're getting not, super they're, stoked. They're not they anything re- special. They released a new uh, video for Go, and it's actually very funny. They're Def- funny dudes. Definitely worth the watch. I will always stand by El Camino. I think oh, El, El Camino, Camino is a great is album. Such love a good I album. I love El Camino, Brothers, Turn Blue. I well, have I mean, a poster yeah. for El Camino. Like I, I really love that Brothers album. Brothers is the one that yeah. you know took them to that next level. I yeah. mean, br- yeah, it's borderline like perfect almost. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't think they're going to get... That was in a sweet spot for me of... Because I really like their old shit. I love Attack and Release. Mm. And then to put a polish on it, like, uh, what's his name? Danger Mouse did for Brothers. That was the marriage that I wanted. I think Danger Mouse also did Attack and Release. Um, Did he? Yeah. Oh, sure. well, that album was definitely aimed more lo-fi than Brothers was. But either way, I'm, I'm a big fan of the band. I have some amount of faith in them. Yeah. See, I have a confession to make. I They're coming to Orlando, and I originally saw... T- it's at the Amway obviously mm-hmm. and they released the prices of the tickets and i'm like dude come on i don't fuck i don't fucking like the black keys that much mm. you know to what is, how much is it hold on <laughs> save it so, save it so uh i saw tickets and like me i'm not, i'm not a pig i don't like to get into the nosebleeds i like to get like halfway decent seats that i can actually see them mm. and i saw like seats i wanted were like in the 150s you know stuff like that so i made a promise to myself that i wouldn't buy it so Danny, me, <laughs> I had to remind everyone. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I got drunk at home and I started watching live videos of them. Next thing I know, I wake up the next morning. I have an email from Ticketmaster. You scored tickets to the Black Keys. And I'm like, well, all right. Uh, what, what did you pay? Uh, doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, so you're just not going to tell us. Okay. No, it was just north of 300 for two Whoa! Because I'm not going to go that, alone to not, see the Black Keys. Yeah, I mean, that's not, that's not terrible. It's not Maybe Ariana Grande should. numbers. Um, Maybe you should go alone. Yeah, I don't know. Sell the other one? Eh. I've seen the Black Keys alone, and it was great. But the, see, at a festival, it's okay. But you go to a concert alone, yeah. a little little weird, especially when you're in a seat. Because <laughs> then it's like, oh, where's your... That guy's really alone. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, yeah, this, oh, no one's next to me. You know? So Yeah, you get, like, escorted um, out. And you're like, like, dude, you got to have who's somebody. Who's this fucking weirdo? Yeah. Are you going to so... shoot the band? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, um, Another couple albums. Yeah. Uh, Kanye, Yandi. Yandi. Not not even don't even have faith that it's gonna come out. Yeah, I'm <laughs> you know? just kind like, of I'm 
you know, if it comes we out, got, it's good. We got then Kitsy I like it. Ghost and we got Daytona, so I'm happy. I, you know, I'll just I'm take it. For now. Um, the Raconteers are gonna have an album. Yes, out this year. that's on Damn. my list. Super excited for the Raconteers. Oh my gosh, I have a really funny story. I know it's a side note, but so uh, I get really drunk one night. <laughs> <laughs> No, so Sir, Danny, so do they, you need help? <laughs> <laughs> no, so uh, there was a uh, an after show at Lollapalooza, and it's a, only a thousand person venue, and Jack White was playing. Uh, only it was me, Joey, and Brad, and Brad was the only one able to score tickets, and uh, he eventually ended up taking uh, taking Joey. And I love Jack White, so I was like, "Fuck this! This is such bullshit!" Like I really wanted to go, and. Uh, like the next day I was asking Brad about it and he's like, dude, it was such bullshit. He only played for an hour. The venue was so packed. I hate it. Fuck Jack White. And then he got he got really mad and he posted on Reddit and he's like, dude, Jack White fucking sucks. Like he's not a performer. Oh my God. And, dude, bro, Reddit. Boy. Dude, yeah, but dude, Reddit like literally just roasted Brad. And <laughs> it was just like, dude, you can't appreciate art. And he's like, get over yourself. Dude, Jack White. <laughs> Jack White, so... the year that I saw him, at we... bon- it was one of the best shows. He went for like so over two hours, good. I think. Yeah, yeah he went at oh. He played for like two and a half hours. That was such a but show. But see, Brad was just butthurt because he was. Ex- we saw the yeah. Foo Fighters the year before, and they salty. played for four hours. And so uh, he was expecting something like that, and we only played for an hour, well, hour fuck, and a half. He got an hour. Yeah, exactly. It was just super funny. Um, Sorry uh, for bringing that up. Yeah. Anyway, uh, kind of tours. Yeah, Whitney. You guys listen to Whitney yet? Yes. Houston. I love Whitney. <laughs> no. Um. <laughs> yeah, she's back. It's, so two guys who were in the band uh, Smith Westerns, which has a larger oh, setup. Oh, yeah, I know this. Yeah, they, they yeah. left. They made Whitney. It is the most feel-good indie music I've heard in my whole life, probably. Like, it really ma- puts a warmth in your heart like not a lot of modern music does. Good. yeah. Um, I Yeah, I think they're really underrated. Uh, guy has kind of a funny voice. It takes you a minute to get used to it because he's doing, like, permanent falsetto. Um they have an album coming out. They've released two singles. It sounds on par with their last one, Light, on, Light Upon the Lake, which was one of my favorite albums of the decade, maybe. Like, I, I really love these guys. It's like 70s indie. Yeah, you I, know? Fa- I found mm. out they opened for uh, Phoenix, and I was mm. actually kind of blown away. They were really good. It's just beautiful music. Like, yeah. I think you guys would really like them. Yeah. Uh, it's, two, um, it's just a two-piece. Uh, we didn't even talk about Childish Gambino. Is probably as an album. I feel like Childish Gambino already just has an album just done. He's just waiting to drop it on it's the world. It's definitely going to be solid. I like. It's going to be at worst solid. Like I just. I have no doubts. Did um, anyone watch Donald Guava Gordon. Island? The Rihanna thing. Yeah. No. I no. never saw it. You did, and you didn't. Yeah. You didn't highly recommend it. No, I mean, it's it's like a companion piece um, to the song. Um, I was gonna say, uh, Hosier Hosier has an album that's coming out, but it actually already came out. Oh, and yeah. Also, uh, Bonnie Bear is oh, coming out with wow. something. Dude, this year is pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, this has already been a um, really great year. Hey, for hey, and- hey, Ma. Taylor Swift? Oh, <laughs> guys, anyone? we didn't even talk about albums. Jonas Brothers released an album this year. I gotta go, guys. It's oh solid. Again, with Honestly, the prog bullshit. Okay. <laughs> Jonas Brothers, I'll say it. The new Jonas Brothers album, it's solid pop album. I'm sure it is. It's okay. not bad. We, like, it's just a solid It's Ryan Tedder produced of One Republic. Yeah. Our favorite because guy. Does One Republic put out bad music? <laughs> Front of the pod. Yes, they do. <laughs> um, I got a few more. Um, Lil Uzi Vert is finally free from his old record contract. Oh, thank God. So his album Eternal Ataki can finally be released. I'm a big fan of the dude. He gets a bad rap. Uh, he is like low key, possibly the most influential person to come out of the hip hop scene of SoundCloud. Uh, period of the past like five years, save for Post Malone. If you want to say he came out of SoundCloud. Uh, but he's pop music anyway. Uh, excited for that. 
Claro. Oh yeah. This was on Pollen. This is how I found this song. Uh, they she released a single. I don't know if it's just her, but a single called Bags. This is one of my top three of the whole fucking year. That song is so good. I was like, who is this? Their past catalog doesn't sound like this. It's more synth driven, like indie music. This is like a like a kind of like more dour, a uh, little bit darker alternative music. Like, wow, wow, wow. I it really like it jumped to the top of my list of anticipated. C-L-E-R-O. C-L-A-I-R-O. Oh, Clado. Cl- yeah. But not. No, not Clado. Like with an I. Clairo. Clairo. Yeah. Like C-L-A-I-R-O. Clairo. Oh. Yeah, uh, Forever's a good one. Flaming Hot Cheetos. Another slapper. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's their big. Uh, um, anyway, Danny Brown. Yep. So, some coming yeah. out. If it's. I don't think it's produced by the same guy who did the whole uh, atrocity exhibition, but he still attracts good producers. He always has. Uh, J. Cole. So Dreamville? here's the thing with him. He his personality may uh, be grating and may bother me, but he dropped a verse on this Young Thug song that's out right now. Uh, per- per- was it? No, it was the one after Purple Emoji, right? Yeah, it just it's really recent. It's one of the verses of the year. Like he can spit insane well, that's shit the thing that's disappointing about j cole because i think 2014 forest hills drive is such an amazing album and he's just never even gotten close i don't to know man again. i loved kod and i think I, every feature he's in fucking nails no, see it. he's great on his new features i was not a fan of kod i okay. thought kod was just fine. i think i think that he still has it in him and i think that we yeah. may see it i think that i think he might low-key release some really good shit middle child uh, is a good song yeah kid cuddy is supposed to have an album that's coming out this year which i was out on kid cuddy but now after kid see ghost i'm like more yeah. into yeah, yeah. jay cole's kind of one of those dudes where like the fan base bothers me because they they, they think, think they're they're like rick and morty fans yes they think that it's <laughs> yeah, that he's a, good a comparison. genius when really he's just like a smart dude yeah you know and they're like dude low-key like jay cole is a wizard bro and it's like okay chill out a little bit just a little calm down a little like i literally raps about folding clothes like chill out there's no, yeah it's not like there's metaphors in his shit he's telling you explicitly what he means like all the time he's still good though all yeah. right we have to end the podcast because we are at almost two hours ah Yikes. shit so that's it for this episode thanks for sticking around we'll be back next week with Toy Story 4. I got 100% oh, wow. Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, because it's fucking Toy Story well, 4. Well, until there's going to be some guy who says it's bad, just like there was for Toy Story 3, yeah. how it had 100%. The one guy's just like, well, it's not the best movie ever, so I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck yourself. Until then, uh, reach us on social media at We Bought a Mic, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good shit. Danny, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, Daniel Sewane, S-E-O-A-N-E, triple vowel threat, seven. (laughs) Daniel Sewane, seven. Dope, dope. Thanks for coming on. We will have you on next time. Uh, We want to do a big music thing, or maybe we'll find uh, something else to talk about. I want to do a We Fought a Mike. I'm thinking about oh, it. Oh, the gauntlet's been dropped. I want to do it. Oh, shit. Can we go three ways? So the way I'm kind of thinking is... I was thinking about telling Brett. Do you want to fight or do you want to judge? You versus Brett? No, I was thinking about <laughs> telling Brett about what I want to bring. Oh. And then he would either approve it and none of you know about it. Brett's do you want to yeah. fight Brett? Blind... No, I want to fight you three. He wants Brett to be like the Because he the knows judge. you guys. Yeah. yeah. You want he... Brett to judge? He, no, he just no, wants it's... Brett to, to give him the okay on the topic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I bring yeah. a topic and you're going to be like, you fucking asshole, what are you doing? It's going to be pod? best Coheed album. Well, then maybe, <laughs> maybe <laughs> Drew, you can judge since you won. Well, that's true. You can that's hop in there. True. You can get in the ring, dude. Or we so... can talk about it if you want. 
No, actually, I want to judge, so then I'm just going <laughs> to side against Drew. <laughs> yeah, or actually, no, I'll side against Ernest, because it was his decision. Yeah, I don't fault. hold anything Sorry. against you. Thank you, thank you. All right, well, thanks for listening. We'll leave you on that note, and I guess we have a new We Fought a Mic to plan. Yeah, there's uh, a gauntlet. Yeah, the belt is on the line, motherfuckers. Yeah, I'm I'm not wearing it today. I'm wearing elastic waistband yeah, basketball the shorts. The featherweight but, uh, title. All right, uh, thanks for listening. Hit us up on Twitter. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Bye bye. Turn my lights on. How the fuck you cry with the mic on? I don't get anxiety, you Sam Bowie ass niggas. I just get my mic on. Y'all said I wouldn't go nowhere. I took the detour. When you see the sun on a crack, I'm on a seashore. When you see them brand new leak floors, only floor. If the cop says my name, bitch, I'll be cop.